everybody, it's your old friends and Monday Madness and welcome to the season finale-ish of the That Was Liquid Football podcast. Woo! Oh, he's around time, fantastic. He must be really up for this podcast, so. Um, I'm joined as ever by uh, Neil and Burkbot to go through what has been a riveting season of football here. Um, in, well, not domestically, but <laughs> it's only started in, in Ireland, but it's ended everywhere else. Uh, and uh, indeed, in, in next week, we will have the Euros. But before we get to that, folks, we are doing our season review. Um, I suppose if we wanted a summary of it, how was the season for you guys? Did you enjoy it? How was... No. I'm happy no. that it's over. Yeah. I, no, uh, me too. It was painful. Painful. Yeah. <laughs> painful for all of us, indeed. But quite literally painful for us. We had the most injuries. So, yeah, fucking hell. Um. I don't, I don't blame you on that regard. But, uh, but yeah, so what we're going to do on this show, then we are going to uh, talk about the Premier League and then all the whatever teams kind of caught our interest over the season. And then we're going to have our extra little bits to uh, to sign off the uh, the season that was. So uh, stay tuned later on for that. But let's get on with the show then. With that, uh, we'll just talk about the Premier League 2021 in all of its fucking COVID-induced glory. And they, they certainly delivered on that. God loved them. Uh with a with a with a pulse pounding title race that ended about five weeks in, um, courtesy <laughs> of of Manchester City, who uh, finished off the season on eighty six points, not the biggest points haul we've had, but considering the high standards from the last few years, I think we'll take eighty six. And um, they uh, finished comfortably ahead of their uh, city rivals, Man United, by about a margin of twelve. Um, and after a, a pulse pounding Champions League race that saw like dizzying calamities and bottle jobs, it was actually Liverpool who ended up on 69 points, which is nice, and third place, uh, along with uh, Chelsea, who um, who finished fourth and then had a very quiet uh, week after that. Uh, I don't know what happened to them, to be honest. <laughs> I don't think anything did, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I kind of missed that. Uh, <laughs> so uh, missing out on Champions League football this season is uh, Leicester, who missed out by a point, uh, conveniently by losing to Spurs on the last uh, match day, which was uh, awkward. I think it's fair to say, for if you're Casper Schmeichel. Um, West Ham, in the end, were two points away from Champions League football, uh, but uh, they'll have to settle for Europa League this season. Absolutely, they've fulfilled their destiny yet again. <laughs> oh. oh, that's a lovely word. I have to write that down for the intro. Absolutely. Um, not rogered? Getting absolute rogered? No, because... That, that, that brings... means something very different. Oh, very different. It also brings I up... I wonder uh, why people were looking at me when I was shouting that. It... Uh, it also brings up very negative connotations of a certain impression of Brendan Rogers that has oh, been doing no. the rounds. No. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't want that now, would we? Oh, yes. the, it's the way he does it. It's oh. just so bad. Like to the point where I actually quite find it quite funny every time Ars Blog does it. Like Gunner Blog kind of like breaks kayfabe and yes. just actually tell actually asks him to stop. Just tells him to stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like to be fair, it is one of the most unsettling voices you'll ever hear, it's isn't it? Really, I don't know what it is. It's like fucking. It gets right under your skin. It's so bad. Like, it it's like oh mm-hmm. man, it's terrible. Yeah. It's like the opposite of ASMR, um, RMSA, I guess. Anyway, uh, so uh, indeed, getting into making history, uh, ladies and gentlemen, in seventh place, going to the Europa Conference League for the first time ever is Spurs. They have uh, they have beaten their North London rivals to get to the third tier European competition. Uh, God, lads, you must be good at you must be absolutely good at to miss out in the Conference League. Um, no. I actually 
Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, like that's how I learned most of my geography is through the Europa League and the <laughs> Europa Conference League would open my mind to more unrecognizable states to me. So yeah, I'm missing out on a learning opportunity there. Indeed, indeed. Well, Arsenal's missing a full stop because you guys finished eight and uh, because of all the permutations with the Europa League and the Champions League, the combination of good and bad evenings, you basically get no <laughs> European football next season, which is the first time in 25 years, I want to say, or is it longer yeah. than that? Yeah, 96, yeah. 95, 96 was the last time we'd no European. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. The hell of a streak, man. Fucking hell. And. Um, and then obviously wrapping up the top 10 then was Leeds United on ninth and Everton 10th. And uh, I, call me crazy lads, but for some reason, 10th place Everton was not enough to keep Carlo Ancelotti in the job. <laughs> for some <laughs> reason, he wanted to jump ship and go to Real Madrid, whoever they are. Yeah. Go back to Real Madrid. Yes. Um, yeah, the, it's just, I mean, come on, like it's... <laughs> I think I think I actually think that's quite a good thing because it suits everybody. It suits Carlo Ancelotti, yeah. who just basically looked like he was just perpetually baffled. He looked like he was coming down with dementia, you know, <laughs> managing Everton, just looking at his team, going, "Have you guys ever seen a fucking football before?" You know, and like it wasn't as if he was happy there, and he's like, "Oh, I've been given a golden opportunity" or anything like that. It's not. Like from weeks on end, he was just slagging off his own team, going just like, "Yeah, we were fucking terrible." <laughs> Every match, match after match. Have you ever seen his post-match press conferences? It's just basically he has, just, he has a remarkable honesty to him. I'll give him oh that. Oh my yeah. god! Like they couldn't be any more self-defeatist if he just hacked open a fucking hacked open an archery live on air. Like you know, <laughs> like it was fucking terrible. Like um, oh dear, but yeah. Um, in terms of the bottom half, then Aston Villa was top of the uh, top of the pops in that case with uh, with fifty five points and eleventh place, and then a healthy ten point gap down to the uh, not really relegation scrap in the end. We've got Newcastle finishing twelfth, which is uh, not bad for their standards. In fairness, um, not bad from where we thought they were going. To, not bad from their trajectory at the beginning yes. of the season, which was very much so, into yeah. the pit, fucking tenth level of hell. Um, <laughs> Knows what Joe Willock can do to a team, eh, Mikel? Doesn't it? Doesn't hell, it? Yeah. Um, Don't I know? And, uh, <laughs> they actually they actually outscored Wolves, uh, which is how they got 12th place because uh, they have identical stats. So Wolves uh, finished 13th and uh, said goodbye to Nuno Santos, which is uh, curious enough. And if you believe the papers, uh, the team he'll be going to next is right underneath them, Crystal Palace on 44, which seems like the strangest sideways move I could ever think of, <laughs> to be honest. is like, I had such a lovely time in Wolves, but now I'm going to take a veil of poverty by going to Crystal Palace. And <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so with 15th then was Southampton, so they were uh, comfortable-ish, really. I mean, they had a run on Christmas, and that got them through, really. Uh, and then we had Brighton and Burnley then, uh, who were avoid- above the drop zone, but very comfortably above the drop zone in that case of 41 and 39. And the the three teams that were relegated earlier than everyone else, so record breakers there, lads was uh, Fulham, West Brom, and Sheffield United. Uh, and uh, I think the less said about their season, the better overall. But uh, with that league table done, lads, uh, we kind of opened the, left the mic open here. So what uh, teams would you guys like to talk about? I, I, get, I get the feeling there's going to be one team you want to discuss at late about first uh, on this podcast. And uh, I get the feeling it's not going to be West Brom. 
I was literally about to say, how do you know where we're going to talk about West Brom? <laughs> <laughs> but you're wearing West Brom jersey, so that's a dead giveaway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it has to be Arsenal, because obviously we're both Arsenal fans. Um, mm. I will, if you want, you know, for, for I suppose, to provide other voice, I will talk about the hilarity of Spurs, where we're both I was trying about to, say, to... I was about to say, Spurs are actually my cod because of their hilarity, so I could two bird, one stone this. But yeah, we can we can go on. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I think we'll I think we'll start off then. Let's let's start off at Spurs then. So, um, where would you like to start with them? What is it about their their season that has entertained you so? Uh, <laughs> just watching like it, it's kind of just watching them roller coaster their way to yet another calamity mm. um, just watching them piss away literally the best team they've ever had some of the best players they've ever had the best manager they've ever had yeah. and uh, yeah like I mean, come on let's face it right because at, at the time of this recording um, it's looking like they're odds on to sign Fabio Patrici, the sporting director, the former Juve sporting director, mm. alongside Antonio Conte, who also who worked under him at yes, Juve. The dream team at Juve, yeah. So yeah, he's gonna go, they're gonna go for that twin kind of pronged approach at that from Juve from 2014, mm. and they're gonna go. I'm like, come on, Antonio Conte at Spurs. Does anybody think that's not gonna end in utter hilarity? It's gonna be a train wreck from start to finish. <laughs> like, like no word of a lie. Like, I mean, like I, I've heard of like dangerous assignments before, but Spurs is not even dangerous. I don't think it's even an assignment, you know, like, as you said there, like it's, it's such a team that's so like past its sell by date now at this rate that even the club captain wants out and wants to actually win trophies and be a successful player and not be Alan Shearer version two. You know, and um, that's not a slight share, by the way, but he made a choice to stay at Newcastle when he could have been at Man United, you know, and winning yeah. trophies. You know, so I, I don't blame Kane in that in that regard. Like, you know, in a weird way, like, seventh is exactly what I thought they would, like, end up in because that's as good as the club, the, the team is. And I've, I know I've been saying it a couple of times over the season on these shows, but really, like, you can't really be disappointed with what you got with this. Because, like, that is as far as this team can go for me. I know they, like, supplemented with Bale and stuff like that. And the signings they did, they had made, are were good. They were improvements. But just the rest of the team is a bit stale. You know, it's 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 kind of polishing a turd in that sense. Um, it's stale and it doesn't want to be there. Yeah. That's, they exactly. play like they don't give a fuck. It's like <laughs> Mourinho has made them hate football. It's like I had an art teacher who made me hate art. <laughs> and like I feel like Mourinho did that to the footballers that they made them hate football so much that they need a coach that will give them like you know if I were Spurs I wouldn't go for someone like Conte who seems quite like strict and regimented and stuff like that oh, yeah. I think they need so. someone like Pochettino who's like like Pochettino's like your Miss Honey for Matilda like yes you can be whatever you want to be go guys <laughs> You know, whereas you know everyone that's else that's a mental image I'll never that- get on my head thanks <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I've, I've, that's what I feel like. They need, like, you know, kind of nurturing and kind of bait because they're big babies. Um, whereas, you know, a big strict authoritarian manager is not going to get anywhere with them because they're spoiled babies. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, Conte, I don't mind him as a manager. I do think he has, like, some really good qualities. 
qualities and um, did well, um, you know, to deal, I suppose, with Chelsea and whatnot. But like, yeah, yeah um, he, I can't see it being a good match for them, but, you know, all the better for us as Arsenal supporters. Yeah, I go. I kind of agree with that. Um, because like I said, it's it's so hard to tell where Spurs, what kind of Spurs team Conte would inherit. And one thing I've always learned about Conte is that like he wants to have a very concert, comprehensive run on transfers. So that was and that was part of the reason why he left Chelsea after the title winning season that he need he wanted to imp- to bolster his squad. He needed to get players in, and Chelsea just didn't do that. They didn't. They didn't like um, kneel to his demands. And once that was happening, he completely like he he lost um, interest in the project. And I can only imagine that happening at Spurs. Like how long, how long can Conte put up with Daniel Levy penny pinching and not like going out for the players that he wants? And crucially, what players could you bring into Spurs? Really, like I, I get that he has connections with the with, with Italian players, and Inter are going to be like very much up for sale in that sense in the summer, but. It's a bit of a hard sell going to Spurs when you could maybe get courted by Man United or City or indeed on the continent if you're getting Juve knock, knocking on your door or Real or Bayern or whoever it is. Like, Conte being there is, 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 a, is, a, is a good deal, but not the club he's going to, if that makes sense. And especially if you're, if you're looking at Conference League football next season, that's not a, that's not a really uh, enticing deal, really. And... Yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting one. Like Spurs, Spurs again, I've always been like, for the last, since Marine, since Pochettino left, they have been a very interesting club before all the wrong reasons. You know, that kind of way. Yeah, uh, the, I remember an old Arabic curse, which is, may you live in interesting times. And, um, <laughs> and they've very, they've very, much, they've very much gotten that. Yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, first off, when you were talking there about Daniel Levy, um, uh, penny pinching I'm not even sure if Spurs have any money so like it's, it That's won't be thing. a case of him penny pinching like they spent 30 million just to get Mourinho out of there probably plus another maybe 8 to 9 let's say round up to 10 to get his backroom staff out of there right so they're already 40 million as a whole they're the most indebted club in the world thanks to that stadium um, like the, <laughs> they're in debt up to their fucking eyeballs and they've just paid out essentially a double A signing amount mm. to get rid of a manager yes. let alone what they're going to have to pay Conte to get him in let's say a signing bonus Antonio Conte I say he's looking for about 10 million quid signing bonus plus a similar 15 million euro a year contract plus they're going to get in that new sporting director that's another couple of mil like <laughs> where's all this fucking money coming from like because it's not coming from the fucking stadium you know, it's no. been empty for two years. Um, and uh, yeah, it's just, it's going to be fucking, cra- it's going to be fucking crazy, you know? Yeah, it is. And it's, and as much to that point, like, it is a case of like, when Conti does get there and he realizes that he's not going to be able to sign Lukaku, fucking Barella and uh, all these other players that he might wear a screening yard, for example. Like, at which point is he going to like get sick of what he has? You know, that kind of way. Now, I'm not discounting that he's a fantastic manager and he will be able to find a system that suits the Spurs players, but it's going to be a very short-term boost. It's not going to be a, a long-term thing. And ultimately, that's what kind of Spurs need right now. They probably do need a manager like Pochettino. But even then, like, I, I, 
I don't I don't know if retracing all territory like that is is worth it for Spurs. Perhaps he just Well there was that huge thing about him going back, but Paris Saint Germain going, uh, no, no. Fuck no. <laughs> I wouldn't I wouldn't I'd be the same. It's like you've only just been here. Like give us a transfer window. Like <laughs> it's like you're saying you don't you know happy with the transfers. We haven't had a chance to sign anybody. Like wait for a couple of months, you know what I'm saying? Like That's just his usual excuse that he had at Spurs. <laughs> That's true too, actually. Yeah, and we always blame Levy for that. It's actually from Pochettino that's a skin flint. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Again, it's it could be interesting times. Like again, we're we're talking about this now, and I guarantee, like two weeks time, I don't I don't know if if Conte will take the job. Really, I mean, you, you might be looking at someone like Nuno or Roberto Martinez potentially. Yeah, well, if anything, Conte will actually improve the fitness levels that Jose helped to t- absolutely tank at Spurs. I mean, they, that, they were constantly. Yeah. They were comprehensively outrun by everybody, and everybody was just wrecked all the time because they were just so unfit. Um, I remember Chilani said of uh, Conte, "It's like, oh, when you finish training, you're dead, not tired, dead." Don't <laughs> <laughs> um, do that. Oh yeah, I mean, like, I think he also went out to describe him like a police sergeant in training. Like he goes, "It's, it's just crazy." Yeah, but um, like. Are the sports players gonna like put up with that? Like, because Jose is a famously kind of authoritarian coach. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's that it's that kind of thing where like uh, <laughs> again, like this is what when Jose was there, he was singling out the likes of Ali and Ndombele for being lazy, and now you're bringing in a coach who's worse than Mourinho in that regard for calling yeah. players lazy, <laughs> getting them to run more. Like, what are you expecting to happen? <laughs> um, I don't know. It, it, look, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating to see what happens with them. Really, it'll be funny to watch him force that team into his preferred five uh, three five two. Five the three four three. Yeah, that, that's that's intriguing. Like, I I'm not sure where they could go with that. Um, like, but well, look at the look at the players. Like, they don't have the players for that. <laughs> it'll be the slowest back five in human history. Like, you have like. <laughs> Alavireld and fucking uh, and Davinson trying to turn like barges, and then Joe Rodden going, "Please help me!" <laughs> yeah, the only back five ever to be outrun by stationary objects. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, like per um, merch sacker looks like Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's probably, say, probably, probably a gigabyte, uh-huh. Yeah, for um, some pace, some raw pace in that center, in that back line. Um, yeah, it's, it'll be an interesting summer for, for Spurs nonetheless. And uh, I suppose we're kind of keeping the North London uh, ballpark with uh, with Arsenal. Obviously, uh, you guys finished just a point behind Spurs. Um, very slow start of the season, it has to be said. Uh, we got a catastrophic Europe. start of the season. Yes. When you look yeah. back on the season, you look at the amount of damage that we did to ourselves, in, in particular in November, which was a disaster yeah. of a f- fucking month. And most of December, yeah, um, like that's where all the damage was done. I mean, after the new year coming into the restart into the new year, only City took more points than we did. So you know, like if we hadn't have had such a bad start or like bad run in like that, we would have like something like ridiculous stat that we like we would have finished third if you'd started the league on new year's day yeah um but we had just done so much damage that you know even getting to top half of the table is actually 
you know, something going. <laughs> and, and, you know, you shouldn't be saying that about Arsenal. Oh, it was horrible to watch. We were playing like proper Emery ball shit, trying to get that defence kind of in any way solid. Um, mm. Like the reason why Emery was sacked, like one of the main reasons was like like famously we allowed like Watford, who were relegation fodder, um, or was it Wolves? Um, it was Wolves. Was it Watford? Like over twenty <laughs> shots and a half, or something like that. And like, yeah, they had like approximately four billion shots, like. um, <laughs> which is just horrendous um, from like any standard. And uh, that like that was like one of the straws that broke Emery's back. And sim- we went on a similar run of style of play, like matches where we were back to the wall, you know, defending shots after shots after shots and not creating anything. Like Aubameyang had nothing to feed off. And yeah. then uh, Boxing Day or St. Stephen's Day match against Chelsea, like I was uh, absolutely like, didn't want to watch the match. Didn't want to. No, I was breaking it as well, yeah. Um. And we played one of the best matches like ever, like you know, one of the best games of football ever. Like we totally, out of nowhere, dominated the team. We had Martinelli, we had Emil Smith Rowe come into. That was Smith Rowe's first start, wasn't it? And that changed everything. That was the catalyst for change, and uh, it was yeah something like that we desperately, desperately needed. And yeah, we'd, yeah. we'd know number ten. But he wouldn't play Smith Rowe whatsoever, and then like I, coming I into Chelsea. I, I saw a thing today, and I did think at the time, I don't think he was fit. Um, or if he was fit, he wouldn't have been fit to do the full forty-five 90. or nine. Did like certainly not ninety because I was reading a thing today, which was when he was on loan at um, Huddersfield. Uh, the coach was told that he can't do 90 minutes. So he'd play 60 minutes, he'd take him off, and the fans would be booing him for taking yeah, Emmett Smith Rowe off. They fucking loved him at Huddersfield. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. So, remember that. Um, yeah, no, like I feel like that is um, one of the things that um, really was the catalyst, was him getting to that point of match fitness where he could come on and do a job for us which is a job that we desperately needed someone to do. And uh, yeah, um, we, our, our season turned around at that point, but at that point we had dug ourselves so deep that it was just trying to undo the rot. Yeah. Um, I suppose from kind of like an outsider's point of view on Arsenal, like it's, it's very hard to kind of gauge your season because I always found when even kind of keeping an eye on Arsenal this season that there was, very, there was two very different Arsenal sides at play here. There was the A side that was full of your kind of your your marquee signings and actual like big money signings like your your lack your Lacazette, your Bamians, Williams, that type of deal, and then you had Ugh. the B team that played in the Europa League and had the more blue chip teams like our players like Inketia, Smith Rowe for a spell, Martinelli when he was coming back fit, and that team plays so much better and with so much more freedom and so much more purpose. And okay, granted, it's against weaker competition. But even then, the actual uh, incentive, that desire to play was there when it wasn't with the, with the first team in Arsenal. I just found it so strange that it took so long for Mikel Arteta to actually breed the two together, if you know what I mean, to actually bring in the likes of, of Smith Rowe and Willock before he got loaned out into the first team. And then to kind of act shocked when everything clicked so well. Like if, you're, <clears throat> like, if you're Arsenal coach, if you're anyone in the coaching staff, 
you cannot adequately sit there and think that Willian and Smith Rowe have had identical seasons. They have not. Willian has not performed. He's had two very good matches before you guys. One was against Fulham and one was against uh, Southampton when he scored. I think it was when he scored the free kick. Literally the games. first and last games of the season. Precisely. So he's had two games with you there. But Smith Rowe has actively made your team click since he came in because he was the one play one player you were missing in that system. And the fact it took them it took Arteta so long to not even bring Smith Rowe in, but just bring somebody into that number ten. Because I remember watching the Fulham game at the start of the season and seeing Willian in that number ten role and thinking, oh that's that's genius. That's a really good spot for him because all he doesn't have to run, he just has to play make because he's actually quite good at that. And he's there for his set pieces. And then he's back on the right flank and you know it's a kind of piss. You know, I, I just <laughs> It was just so like illogical in that sense. I just feel like I, I just felt like, and again, I, I've said this perhaps last season as well. The actual uh, transfer philosophy for for Arsenal just doesn't make sense at the minute. You know, it, it, in the sense where like you do have good players you can kind of bring into that squad now, like uh, those two players I mentioned already. But then you spend two hundred thousand a week to get Willian to be a really shit first team player, and. Um, or to spend rate loads of money on, or, and they're getting on Tobias back on loan when realistically he hasn't been good enough to keep to get a second year out. Yeah, um, and, I, I will say he finished well um, at the end of last season, and like I think when he agreed to come on for a second year because he'd had such a good like on a recency bias, there, people yeah. were yeah. Um, I, look, I think it's going to come out, and you know the woodwork that there's like a, an appearances clause in William's contract because yeah. I don't think anything else could justify him getting those starts and stat like the appearances statistics because like anyone with eyes and Arteta you know everything about him you know shows that he's a smart guy Mm. Um, so I don't understand how a smart guy could, you know, play William. And we said this week in, week out, and it, we, it wasn't just us. It was, you know, a very commonplace opinion that William shouldn't be starting. And yeah, um, yeah no, it's just it, it. Oh, everything about him wrecks my head. Um, but the only thing I can say is that it must be an appearances clause in his contract. It's the only logical reason for that because you, it's definitely not a merit. And there's enough experience in that squad to say that you don't need a 33 ailing winger to, to help out there when you do have Nicolas Pepe, who you spent more money on, and you actively kind of need his spark more uh, than William does. I, I get that Pepe is going to be very kind of hot and cold form wise, but actually, given the reps, given the game. I, 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 I disagree with that Pepe hot and cold. Well, previously he was, but my God, yeah. he definitely finished. Oh, if, if like, it is brilliantly this season. If, if there was Absolutely. a most if there was a most improved player trophy, he, he'd he'd be fucking nailed on for it, you know. Yeah, I suppose so for um, Arsenal. Yeah. Personally, I don't think so. Actually, with regards to like Williams' contract, I don't think there would be an an appearances clause. I actually think it's kind of they fucked it up and they're desperately playing him, just yeah. hoping that he'll do something good and make them look okay, make them look, oh, yeah, see, this is why we did it, you know, this is why we did it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, th- I just think it's just the desperate scrambling, you know, and apparently mm-hmm. now he wants to go back to Chelsea and good luck to him, like, fair play, yeah, just get him, out, get him out of the club, you know. But, um, my God, the, the, the club has so much work to do in the summer. Yeah. It's, it's quite crazy. It is, isn't yeah. it? Because like it's, 
it's it's hard to tell where you can even start with the Arsenal team. Like, well, here, well, of... let's start back. Um, apparently, Leno wants out, um, or he would be amenable to a transfer, um, yeah. a transfer elsewhere. Where mm-hmm. um, I, I wanted to bring this up because I, I did, I'm not sure if either of you two would. And given that I am the resident goalkeeper, um, Arsenal are apparently hard in for Andre Onana. Onana, oh, yes. what's my name? He's a uh, druggie, isn't he? Yes, he is currently serving a. He's currently appealing a drugs ban, mm. um, which has killed off his um, value. Super for us. Um, yeah. Apparently, recent reports is if, if he beats the drug ban, um, if his appeal is successful, he'll be about seven to eight million. And in all fairness, I think we should get him even if he doesn't win his appeal. Because if he doesn't win his appeal, he won't be eligible to play until February. Mm. And he'll be only about two million. Yeah. Now, yeah. two million for a keeper of his level of skill. And his age as well, crucially. 24. And his age. He's 24, which is practically fetal for a goalkeeper. Like, he, yeah. he, he still, actually, he funnily enough has about if he takes care of himself and he probably would at Arsenal he actually has he probably has about 20 years in him which is mm. crazy to say in, particularly in this level but um, yeah I'm like, a keeper of his skill level for 2 million quid you can't yeah. do that even if you can't field him until February so here's what I think what I hope Arsenal will do is Ryan's already been Matty Ryan's already been released yeah are you surprised by that? do you think he should have been kept on? I'd like to have kept him on, but I, yeah, I'm not surprised. I, I would have liked, but I'm not surprised if if you get me. I do, I do. Yeah. Um, but hey, we might actually try and get him back because Leno, keep Leno for another year. Tell him, look, right, stay for another year. Then we'll sell you off or we'll generate interest in you. Sign Anana. Uh, fire Runerson into whatever Norse hell he came from. I understand he is Icelandic, <laughs> but fuck it. Um, yeah. And maybe get Ryan back as a, another number two, or maybe promote up yeah. one of the youth keepers. Mm. There's quite a few of them. And then, yeah, and that means we can sell off Leno, and we've got Onan and Ah um, for dirt cheap, and he's a superb keeper. <laughs> you know, he really yeah, he fucking is. Isn't, is, isn't he the one who was like, uh, the, whatever drug he got tested positive for, he blamed his wife giving him the medication or something. Was that that guy's? Yeah, uh, yeah that's Tanu, right. Tanu yeah. did something like that as well. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, uh, yeah, it's like I know, like I know, Sacco had a very similar story with his drugs ban, and that like like destroyed his 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 uh, career in a sense as well. And he actually successfully appealed it because apparently there was like a false, it was like a false positive or something along those lines. So he completely torpedoed his career in that sense, and uh, I think it's still in the courts actually. But um, I don't no, know. I think it's, it's, I think it's, in, I think it's in the courts. He wants compensation because he's claiming yeah. that they absolutely torpedoed his entire career. So he's like, mm. right, well, I'd have still been playing for Liverpool had you not done that. Yeah. And so I think he's trying to claim for like his entire Liverpool earnings up until then. Yeah, but he was, and let's be fair, he was on a big ass contract at the time. So yeah, yeah. That, that checks out. <laughs> he was on a, a nightmarish contract as he plays. Indeed, that's why Palace had to pay thirty million for him. Thank you, lads. Absolutely. 
<laughs> so right, that's right. So that's Arsenal goalkeeping, right? Which I'm actually kind of happy with the situation there, right? Not too worried about it. it it's certainly not one I'm freaking out about. Defense wise, until Leno goes and then we've no one to back him up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then we're forced to play Runerson, and then I'm like shitting myself. I'm actually sending my CV into fucking Arsenal, going seriously, man. I am better than this motherfucker. Katie, Katie, can you just throw on some gloves there? Now, now, CV Neil is very, very past tense. What you need to do is you need to upload a YouTube highlights reel of yourself to some. Yeah, exactly. Then you'll get the job. Absolutely, that's how you do it. That's it. Um, when it comes to defence, it looks unfortunately like Hecky Bell might be on his way out, um, which is a shame because he didn't get the send off he absolutely deserves. Mm. We've we, basically we three right backs. Yeah. Um, yeah, Chambers. I'll be cold, dead in my grave before I recognise Cedric. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, which would be okay were it not actually the club's approach to him as well. Um, <laughs> Because they're fielding Callum Chambers as the second choice. So basically, yes, Cedric needs to just go. Like, he just needs to get out of here. I'm like, whatever you want to say about footballers who are happy sitting around not playing. Mm. I don't know. Maybe he's I mean, more of them. Is it, in a very strange way, it does it kind of suit Arsenal to be an eighth place team at the moment? Because I there's a very similar um, comparison with us. Uh, the year like the after the kind of Hodgson years in that like we had the the spell with Rafa and everything was going well but the team was ailing like the team was was it was in bits so when we got Hodgson in and obviously we think that the pot in that regard we had those kind of very kind of fallow years but what came from that was the signings that Dalglish would have made the likes of Suarez Henderson to a lesser extent Downing and and Carroll and so forth they kind of started oh, I used to it Downing Downing but. <laughs> Crucially, but again, some of the players that came in at that time, Henderson, Suarez, they were they were more defining players. And in then came in the likes of Sterling and, and Sturridge as well when Rogers came in. So in a way, like it kind of molded the team into a better shape, having those kind of like two or three really weak years. So in a sense, if it's a case that having a year like this where there's no European football, nothing to keep these big players in, is that more of a could that become more of a positive for Arsenal if it's done right? But, if it's yeah, done right, yeah, so that's that's, uh, that's the thing. Like, it's that, the it's where, the word you use at the end there. If it's, if done, it's right. done right, yeah. Had we, you not had you not our... said that, I would have put them in myself. <laughs> it's a fair point. I had to say it. In fairness, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you have to say it because you look at our backroom staff, and they've you know hired a scouting network to hire a scouting network. Um, <sighs> like what the fuck. Um, we are absolutely shambolic behind the scenes, which is now, I think, playing out, you know, in, you know, not behind scenes, you know, for everyone to see on mm. the pitch where we have the likes of, you know, uh, players like the likes of uh, Guendouzi, Ozil, all of these players just being checked out, like Kalasnich, Mustafi, like literally. Uh, Kalasnich will be coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like paying clubs to take them off our hands um like it's uh and that all stems from bad judgment on the you know purchasing front from a few seasons back and i'm not entirely excluding wenger era signings here either Uh, although i do know like from his autobiography he kind of got a bit less say in the transfers as his time at the club was coming to an end um and yeah no it was just a bit of um 
like it's just it, it's kind of highlighting how much of a shit show we are at the minute that we can't trust our club to do the right thing and to bring in the right mm-hmm. players there's like the Raul Sanelli signings have not worked out um, by any stretch of the imagination we got David Louise in who then brought in his mate Willian both of them like David Louise got like a decent send off at the Emirates and I think that's fucking an affront to football um, like I, you know, I suppose you can see that, like, oh, he's a characteristic guy, and the players like him. And it's like, yeah, but he's fucking shit. And like, you shouldn't be applauding mediocrity. And um, yeah, he, like, I just, if you're giving David Louise, who had had the season that he had, which was fucking nothing, and you're giving him a, you know, standing ovation send off, yeah, you deserve to be a mid table team because that's fucking shambolic. Yeah, no, um, I, I, I think it's a fair point. Yeah, I, I have no trust in the backroom staff that they will do the right thing for us, that they will do right by us. Um, so I have I have really, really deep worries that we are trying to do a Liverpool and rebuild, but mm. we're end we're gonna end up fucking Blackburn Rovers. Like it's it and in fairness, like I we were in the exact same position a few years ago when we when we brought Dalglish and, and then Rogers in. It was it was that it's that precarious. It's very it's it's so important to get that right. And in a very this is gonna sound odd, but in a weird way, Rogers' uh, transformation kind of worked a bit too well because we would have got it we got ahead of ourselves then when we were challenging for the title, we thought, Oh, we've made it, we've done. And then we just lost the plot with transfers with likes of Lambert and Balotelli and all this sort of stuff. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? That's not the sort of moves you need to make. So that that was our mis- that was our misstep in that in that sense. And again, it's a great example. That shows you how quickly that turnaround can happen. You can immediately, if you get things right and you have the right players in 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 the in the mix and you make the right signings, you're immediately oh you're challenging for fucking top four league titles, whatever it is. But if you get it wrong, you're absolutely right. It can end up looking like a Blackburn situation and you're just in quicksand then in the middle of in the middle of the league table. And let's be fair, there's a lot of teams in that role as well. Like like you could argue Spurs are in the same position as well. You know, they need to do something similar at their squad. But again, do they have the wherewithal, do they have the awareness to do that? Or do you, are they still thinking, oh we're a Champions League team, let's get ourselves let's spend money to get ourselves back into it. You know? So it's a it's a tricky situation for both clubs really. Yeah, well Arsenal definitely need money. I'm like yeah. We, we we need to get rid of a lot of players not even necessarily make a whole lot of cash on them although that is has been a problem with us for a while yeah. but like we're like the opposite of Liverpool when sell, selling players yeah, like, we, exactly. like I said we're paying clubs to take players off us whereas you're charged in 35 or was it 25 million for a player who hadn't touched the ball in a senior Liverpool kit like yep. Whose biggest oh. contribution on the pitch was missing the goal that won Arsenal was missing the penalty that won Arsenal the Community Shield. Yes. Oh yeah. Indeed. <laughs> and we got twenty five million for him. Just want yeah. to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. So but, uh, like, that's just it. I mean, it it depends. I mean, there's a lot of players that need, like, fucking the the rule run over. Yeah. And yeah, so it's it's going to be a fucking busy, very interesting season. I mean, there are a lot of bright sparks there, you know, Saka, Smith Rowe. There's enough there to work with, I think. Oh like, yeah, there's Martinelli. Yeah, Martinelli, Saka, Smith Rowe, Tierney, mm. um, Gabriel at the back. I do really like him. Um, 
Pogba really likes Pablo Marie for a whole other reasons. Um, Arsenal apparently have Martin Odegaard as the number one signing on our list. Um, given the massive upheaval at Real, who knows? They might not want them. Yeah. They might they might see him. They've got a huge fucking black hole in their budget. They might see him as one who can go. Um, Partey, hopefully he clicks in. We're in for a lot of other central midfielders because we need two of them at the very Bandia least. I've heard a lot more lately. Bandia and uh, Basuma, isn't it? He's Basuma. Basuma yeah. for the steal, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So hopefully that works out up front. Um, I like how everyone's opinion on Basuma has changed since I remember last season he got away with like something like seven fouls without a single yeah. yellow card. That's why we want him. Match. That's why we fucking want him. Well, you know, as soon as he puts, he'll put on an Arsenal jersey, he'll get pulled up on the first foul and everyone will be fucking hating him because he'll just be another Shaka. Yeah, exactly. He's getting booked walking out into the pitch because he's fucking sneezed and startled the ref <laughs> or something like that, you know? <laughs> If he gets you gets to say short numbers, yeah. Yeah, okay, that's a bad sign. <laughs> um, so that's that's pretty much it. So yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. I think I think Inketi is gone. Pepe's had a brilliant season, a brilliant end to the season, shall I say? Mm. Um, ended up with sixteen goals across all competitions for a winger. That's pretty fucking good. Mm. Um, I reckon Lacazette is gone. Um, Aubameyang didn't have a good season. What with no, various. Terrible. You know, we're very let go of, to be honest. If we can't get rid of him, nobody's going to take that contract off us. Yeah, but that's, the, that's, the, that's, that's the one that's the top one on my transfer list, even the head of Widian, to be honest. Um, no, well, we've got a chance to get rid of Widian, um, because William's actually fast approaching probably the worst signing we've ever made. Um, I believe that. So, oh, yeah, I mean, like, but we do have a lot, like Joe Willock. I mean. What what more do you want from a fucking loan run? Yeah, um, it's just been unbelievable, and that's just it. Like, I mean, you know, we've got the, the whole Saliba situation is a fucking catastrophe. It's such you a know? strange transfer. Like, the way that played out was so fucking odd. And the fact the, it, fact that, the fact that the fact that like if you believe the rumors on the rumor mill, we're in for a right footed centre half, which is what he is. You have so, one. <laughs> it's like, kind of like what are you doing? Like, you fucking idiots. Like, particularly we when just, you... Like, we, we started the call. Why why undo the call? <laughs> particularly yeah. when you consider that, like, his centre-back partner at San Etienne, Wesley Fofana, mm. you know, was snapped up by Leicester, played immediately, played every fucking game for them almost. And it's been yeah. brilliant. He's been fucking brilliant for them. You know, um... Fuck, it's just... The Saliba thing needs to be ironed out. He needs to come back and he needs to play. He needs to be played because he's had a storming season for Nice. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. It, it's going to be an interesting fucking season, unfortunately. I, like, I don't, I know lots of people are like, oh yeah, like, we're in for this person, we're in for this person. Like, where is this money coming from? I like, mm-hmm. I can't imagine even if we do sell the lights of Willock and Bellerin, who are, you know, are possible, um, I suppose players to sell, uh, Kalasinach. Like we don't really want him back, so you know, will someone buy him off us? Um, we're not going to make that much money. Like Bellerin of this season, just I, I look. I actually I do really like the player, and I do think I might have some blinders on when it comes to him. But I don't think he's had a bad a season as the pundits 
are tending to make out. Um, what I see that his role has changed in the team, he used to be the attacking fullback. Um, whereas because we had such like a uh, blistering attack down the left-hand side with Tierney, he became the more settled defender where he had to tuck in and act as a, an underlapping midfielder, kind of setting in and, you know, kind of doing more defensive duties. Um, I feel like people looking at him will see that he's not as fast as he used to be and then think, oh, he's must, he's rubbish, he's rubbish. Whereas I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think he is like just playing a different role. And if that role doesn't suit him, fine. And he wants to go somewhere else where he has that kind of more attacking free will. Um, and he's allowed to use it or whatever. Uh, yeah, like best of luck. But I really don't think he's had a bad season. Like he's had a handful of assists. Um, I think when he's played, uh, we've got the best out of Emil Smith Road on that side. Um, mightn't have gotten the best of Pepe on that side, but um, Pepe, as we've seen, can play on the left-hand side, and that means Bellerin can play. And if it's a case of prioritising Pepe's performances over Bellerin's performances, then maybe Bellerin has to go. But I don't think it should be because he's had a bad season, because I think that is actually doing him a disservice. And that is my... Um, Little piece on better in uh roundup. So, uh, tune in next week, folks, for more better in updates. We'll see, we'll, we'll keep <laughs> posted on this. A better it, update, better update. There uh, you go. The better, the, the better arsenal bell. <laughs> ding ding, get on that. Um, yeah, that was a fair point. Um, so again, it, it kind of goes without saying the team I would like to uh bring up about this is perhaps the weirdest season that Liverpool, I think, is What's ever going from? to have. Um, no, it's not West Brom. No, I, I don't think it'll ever be a time on the top of West Brom or anyone in West Brom. Sorry, Callum Robinson. Um, but like, yeah, like I remember the Hodgson years, lads, and that was that was a weird season. You know, we brought in, we thought Paul Konchesky was a Liverpool player, and we got taken over from one venture capitalist to another, and thought, oh, this is great fun. The the evil the evil tyrants are gone. Yeah, we're going to love these new guys, aren't we? Yeah, hoo-hoo. Um, yeah, when did they find out they have a women's team? They're going to be really excited about that. <laughs> anyway, um, let's put that. Uh, but yeah, very strange season for Liverpool overall. Like, um, and going in as defending champions, obviously you're kind of like, you're hoping that they'll be able to reciprocate the same type of form. But it's like, it's very hard to hit the same notes they did last season, especially after the, the lockdown and stuff like that. And you can kind of tell like when we did finally win the season um, the the handbrake was definitely on and you kind of felt that the players switched off at least mentally as if not physically um, and then come the new season they almost certainly did switch off physically like their bodies just went hamstring thigh groin ACL <laughs> concussion COVID whatever else you can think of um, like I, I have never seen a team as ravaged in, by injury uh, in one specific position as well and now, in fairness, that, that's kind of our, sorry, our own. Sorry. Thing. I, how many times have I pointed this out to you in Arsenal Women? But continue. Fair point. <laughs> fair point. Yeah. So I, I was I was strictly talking about the the men's game because uh, you know, like I said, the the women's one is just mostly ACL snaps and just outright cruelty to playing surfaces. And um, but um, but yeah, it, it's such a strange one. Like it's, I I feel like from the first match day the team wasn't right. And I know it, it, that's kind of easy to say now, knowing that we had, like, we're missing Van Dyke for the whole lot. And now 
now that we actually did get Champions League football, there's a sense of relief from that. But there really was just a little bit of uneasiness around the team. You could kind of tell there was a bit of a drop-off. You could tell that they were just not quite hitting the same notes. And in fairness, they have been going hell for letter for two years, playing nearly 110 games, whatever crazy number it is. So I don't blame them for being a little bit slow out of the, out of the traps. And... Um, and just, it was just when I think we were playing against Arsenal when we had that great performance. It was just a great match overall, really, um, even with you guys. Um, where I was thinking, oh, yeah, no, they're back to it. Like, you know. Um, and then the Everton game hit and we had Van D- we lost Van Dijk to the ACL injury because Jordan Pickford's a melt. Um, and uh, it was kind of all downhill from there, really. In a strange way, like, we had kind of held firm quite well um, because we had made the tactical changes. And that was kind of this whole season was just trying to, like, put out fires in a sense and that really told in the squad and that told with, with Klopp himself who kind of like lost his facade as the really nice wacky uh, fucking Hank Scorpio type you can kind of see that there is a very terse like angry coach there underneath when things aren't going his way because like he's making all these kind of like points and arguments with, with, with people and they're not they're just not necessary you know you're, you're arguing you're, you're giving out to the wrong people um, and I, 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 and you can understand he's lashing out. He's just frustrated generally, but it's, it was never the time and place for that sort of thing. And like that was kind of rubbing off on the players, I think. Uh, when you do look at it, like especially when we got into Christmas and we just whatever happened to our home form, I don't think anyone ever going to be able to explain that. How we went on a goal scoring drought at home, and then we started losing games at home, like a winless drought then as well. So bizarre, so strange. Um, Everton racked up their firsts. The first win. home, first Merseyside win in nearly twelve years, and it was at Anfield. That's as well. Everton, was- and that's Everton. Like this, yeah. this, this incarnation of Everton, this utterly pointless incarnation <laughs> of fucking Everton. We we lost to Fulham. We lost to Burnley. We dropped points at Brighton. We lost to Southampton for the first time in several years. Like it, like, it was Southampton it was teams that like have been routinely fucking Rogered, if you will, uh, yeah. in this league. Like. <laughs> Exactly. No, I, I totally agree. That's the thing. Like that's how that's how strange and how how morbid that form was. And it wasn't because we had a leaky defense. Is that venting because we had to focus so much on defense, we kind of lost how to lost our attacking flair. But it's also because we just kept getting injuries at the worst possible times. So when we thought we had a settled defense, then Joe Gomez like loses the season in an Indian training camp from the most innocuous fucking thing. He jumps in the air and his ACL is gone. Like how the fuck? Or his MCL was gone. Sorry, how the fuck does that happen? Like a freak axe, a freak injury of all of, of all things. Then like Thiago couldn't get into the team either because he had a, a Richarlison wiped him out at the end of the Merseyside derby. And um, Jota like pulled his like pulled his hamstring in a dead rubber against Michelin, which was such a mistake in hindsight because that this our season could have been so different with that. Um, and then from all those kind of like it was just the the lows were getting lower and lower and lower. As a point then where we actually had no fit centre-backs. Matip was out, Gomez, Van Dijk, and then Fabinho was trying his best. And again, that is a mistake of our own doing because we let go of Lovren. But let's face it, Lovren would have been injured as well because that's what he does. So step up Nat Phillips with his big mallet head to go, right, you see this whole football thing you guys are doing? I think that's really cute, but I like heading things with my massive head, and that's what I'm going to do. And you know what? It fucking worked. It actually fucking worked for a change. And in a weird way, it was such kind of so kind of cathartic to just see someone abandon all pretense of football in a Liverpool side because 
if anything, it was just kind of funny at that point. It was like, oh, we know the season's a write-off. We're now we're going to finish sixth or fifth. Europa League, here we come. And then suddenly on a run of games, we just kept winning. And remarkably enough, again, the, the stat I think uh, rings true. I don't think we've actually lost a game when Nathalie Phillips starts this season. That's which impressive. Is, yeah. Now, that's excluding the Champions League, by the way. The Champions League, he was playing against Real and got mil- like murdered out of it by Rodrigo. That's fair enough. Um, but Or sorry, Vinicius, I should say. Um, but in the Premier League, never lost a game. They either won or drew with Nat Phillips in the side. And that is an incredible stat. But it also shows you how big a difference he was in that side. And again, that's a mistake of our own doing because we should have had him in from a much earlier point in the season. When you do see how, when you do put Nat Phillips in and you bring Fabinho back into the midfield to provide that that shield, oh my God, this team is so different. Like, it, it, it was chalk and fucking cheese. You know, because uh, then once Fabinho was inside... Uh, Thiago, you started seeing a bit more of that kind of magic we got him for because beforehand he was kind of playing that deep role and he had to commit fouls and all this sort of stuff and just the team didn't click. Um, and then it coincided with all of our forwards losing, you know, the forward shit at the same time with Jota. So it was just like a confluence of bad ideas, bad bad ideas and bad injuries at the same time. Well, can I ask you, like, you did sign defensive cover in January and then never yeah. used it. That was strange to me. Yeah, very strange. And also, when it comes to like, I mean, to, to what degree do you think Klopp deserves some blame for this? Because quite a lot. We all we all said um, we've mentioned it previously there that like while Klopp was arguing for the five subs to be kept yeah. in, he very rarely used three. In fact, yeah. I think what they pointed out like it was only two other team, two or three other teams that used less substitutions than he did. One of them mm. being Birmingham women, and they just don't have any. <laughs> they don't have any subs. They don't count. <laughs> and that's because they're fielding the fucking kit man. You know? Like, kid woman. Kid woman. Uh, apologies. Um, so, yeah, like, you've... So, yeah, he does actually deserve a lot of slack yeah. for this, you know? I think he does. No, I, I agree with you, Neil. Like, listen, it would be easy for me to put on my Liverpool hat and blame Jordan Pickford and everything for everything. Pickford! Jordan! He's somewhat to blame, but he's not just to blame. I can't blame VAR for scratching off goals because that's a that's an easy target as well. No, reality is that Klopp made a lot of, like, personal mistakes in this, in this season. And like, he's not going to look back at this and think it was one of his finest triumphs. Perhaps the run in and actually getting everyone's shit together towards the end. Yes, he might take credit for that. But certainly for the bulk of the season, there was a lot of bad mistakes uh, from Klopp and his coaching staff and from players. And when you do kind of boil it down, like it was not a, a classic by any stretch of the imagination. It wasn't good management. It was just it was tired management overall. You know, it, it felt like even Klopp himself was a bit burnt out and a bit exhausted. Um, because, as you would be with the two seasons we had, as I said, but to to make such strange decisions, like, let's say, like leaving yourself with three centre-backs for a full season. Now, we know our centre-backs. We know Matip doesn't last a full season. He has a consistent ankle injury. Joe Gomez has had two long-term injuries already, and he's only 23. So we know those guys do not have perfect injury records. And there were centre-backs on the markets. We could have got somebody in. We just didn't because of COVID and, and so forth. And we said, oh, we'll get rid- we'll get by with Fabinho. And we have maybe some young centre-backs we'll bring in. And, like, we, we, in a sense, we did get away with it. But it didn't. We, in, a, in a sense, we got lucky as well. 
because we benefited from Chelsea and Leicester shitting the bed and West Ham dropping off and Spurs and Arsenal being quite poor this season. So in a way, it's a very cheap third place that we got. When in actuality, if everyone was on their game this season, we would have finished eighth, you know, um, or perhaps seventh or whatever. Uh, and certainly the Champions League didn't do us any favours. Like we, we, we had a seeding in that tournament and that was Real Madrid in the quarterfinal. You know, like that we weren't going to get any further than that. Um, but yeah, like it's it's not a season we're not going to look back on with pride. You know, we, we, we might do it for the meme glory that is Nat Phillips, but that's about it. You know, like otherwise there's not much positives we're going to take from this. You know, it is a case of like, right, let's never do that again. Never leave yourself short for a Premier League season like this again. You're going to have four centre-backs. You're going to have positions for, you're going to have strength in every position, right? Versatility is nice, but also specialties. Get players in that can do the job. If you don't trust the fringe players, get new ones in, which hopefully they're doing now in the summer. Um, and just like use the fucking subs a bit, like rotate the squad a little bit. Cause the reasons half of this shit was happening was because you kept playing the same players each time. And I get it. You're going by the training performance and stuff like that, but bigger picture here, lads as well. If you're giving out about player like performance and fitness and shit like that, then practice what you pe- preach. Why wasn't Costa Shimakas giving it more games this season? Why wasn't Shakiri slotted in for Mane and or Salah when he when they were out of form? When he had literally like bossed like league games by himself. Like the players are there, they just were never used, in my opinion. And now we're we're ditching them, uh, we're having them for sale now for for no reason. You know, in my like honestly, I think there's more out of those players if you just gave them a chance. And um, so like it's like there was just mistakes overall and just a little bit of lazy thinking is perhaps to answer your question, Neil. Just lazy thinking overall from, from Klopp yeah. and so forth. That's the way I would do. I would I would kind of attribute it. It's kind of like Guardiola last season. You know, I think it's just it's just something that's in them every now and then. They just have an off season themselves and that affects the team. You know, and hopefully that'll that means they refocus in, uh, for but next I, season to go. Like I I would also th- like I think we're all guilty of kind of forgetting that these are people too and like Klopp had yeah. lost with COVID and lots of the players have oh it's um, a year of hell for this team like Klopp lost his mother Alisson lost his dad like just so many awful things happened in this year you know and it's like it's it's at the point like where you almost almost forget that this shit happened in a year because there was so much of it you know so you are right in that sense like it's just a a, a, a torturous year for everyone at Liverpool, and like I said, we're not gonna we're not gonna look back at this season at all. We're just like happy we got third, and that's it. You know, it, was, it felt it feels for me like a smash and grab. You know, so. But um, yeah, um, and and it goes to like obviously goes like for other teams as well, and other players have been affected. Like we, you yeah. know, we were criticizing Abemyang for not doing very well. Um, he himself was sick with malaria. He um, and then as well as that, he also had family issues going on as well. So like, yeah, his um, mother was yeah, very ill as well. Yeah, um, and you you just don't know like um, you know if you're not mentally switched on for a match, and I know it's your job, but you know, you know we've all had situations where we've had to go into work and our brain hasn't been on you know the job because there's something else going on at home and uh you don't we don't have the pressure of having a global audience watching and analyzing our performances so um yeah no i I do think that like um 
you look at kind of something like oh team fatigue yes obviously that's going to play a part in it like they've been there they've done that they've won it they know how to win things oh it looks like they've forgotten how to win I just don't think I think they have more priorities going on off the field yeah no I, I agree with you there I agree with you there and like I said I think that's again I, I think that's kind of the, the theme overall like there's not going to be few there's going to be few like clubs this season that's going to remember there's going to look f- like fondly at this like even like Chelsea having the the Champions League perhaps a, an exception to that and City winning the league title you know there's very few teams that are going to look back in the season and say oh I love that you know yeah um, so like I, I Spurs think will make a DVD of like that time that they finished above Arsenal by beating Leicester like that will be the DVD special <laughs> oh, but like you know. laugh now wait until they win the Conference League next season lads and you'll be laughing from the other side of your face I'm telling you you'll be, you'll be no, de- even, even Spurs couldn't big up winning the Europa Conference League at night in Tirana you're like oh I don't know man I can, I can see that I can see it coming like you know, you know it's and, more and like also I don't even see them winning it oh, they probably won't that's the thing no, they probably won't win it though <laughs> I was just saying that there's actually decent teams in that competition like you know they're kind of screwed um, so like I said we're not going to obviously spend all our time talking about the, the league table so we're going to cut to some of our uh, special bits for this uh, podcast <laughs> And uh, I've asked my colleagues here to give us a team of the season, but it's not going to be 10 Man City players and Harry Kane. No, what we're doing here is we're doing what's called TIFO rules, if you're familiar with the channel. Um, Essentially, the rule is the team of the season has to be from one player per club, including the coach. So if you pick your manager, that means you cannot pick a player from the same club, essentially. So that's the way we're, we're working it. So, um, so who would like to uh, to start off with their team? Um, well, I'll go because Brookport is fucked off. <laughs> he just realised, shit, I picked seven Leeds players. I must go. <laughs> shit, yeah, exactly. Um, or she can't, still can't tell the difference between Wofford. Um, Wolves. Oh, she's going to be fucked next season, isn't she? Totally, yeah. Oh, right, so um, for my one, I've gone for a 4-5-1. Nice. All right. So my manager is who I think is manager of the season is uh, Marcelo Bielsa. Okay. All right. All right. So I've got uh, Emmy Martinez in goal. Mm-hmm. So my back four is Terry Galanti, Jim Tarkowski, Ruben Diaz, and Robertson. Robbo. Really? Yeah. I'm, I'm chuffed to hear that, to be honest, because mm-hmm. you've been bring the season. <laughs> well, actually, to be honest with you, it would have been Tierney, but I can't. I couldn't pick him because I've got Saka in midfield. Ah, <laughs> there's the, my there's the mid- Arsenal boy is showing. <laughs> mm-hmm. My midfield five is Saka, Kante, Madison, Bruno Fernandez, and Mason Mount. Mm. With my lone man up front being Skeletor himself, the petrified zombie that is Cavani. Cavani, oh, that's a that's a little bit of a surprise. What what has you uh, drawn to Cavani? He's been pretty good this season. Now, I'll be honest, he's been pretty. He's good. had a very good season, I think, with that back five, with the midfield five behind him, he'd be getting more ball ferry to him than your average porn star. Mm. And um, also, obviously, as an Arsenal fan, I can't pick a spud. Um, moral obligation, I get that. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> That's, that's yeah. pretty much it but he has like been a that. good target man I, I wouldn't have gone for Benteke although he has signed a two year extension at Palace mm. um, 
actually speaking of extensions, Tuchel signed a two-year one. Yes. And Giroud has uh, signed one as well. Yeah, Giroud and Thiago Silva. Yes. Quite interesting there, isn't it? Extensions all round at Chelsea. Yes. Well, I mean, they're 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 in a celebratory mood, Neil. They're just they're handing mm-hmm. out free contracts. You just go down there now and get a hundred quid grand a year. It's great stuff. Do you hear Rudiger actually gave his Rudiger just had a daughter and he gave her the middle name of Trophy to celebrate That's the Champions League win. <laughs> I'm actually hang on. Here's I'm my actually, trophy I'm, daughter. It's like I, I don't am, know. That's I a, promise, I am not making this up. Hang on. I know. I I believe you, lad. I totally believe you. Um. But yeah, no, I, I don't put a pass or passing that at all. Um, so yeah, um, in terms of my league uh, team of the season, um, I'm, I'm sorry to say, Neil, there's going to be a little bit of crossover between me and you uh, because I have also gone for Bielsa as my coach of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, like, honestly, like I, I was so happy to see Leeds like, actively making mugs of certain teams because I knew it was in them. Um, and they're just so fun to watch. They're brilliant. Like, like we've that wax lyrical about these guys all the time. But yeah, Bielsa is is a is a magician, and uh, his team is a is a wonderful house of cards he has. So uh, long may it continue. I hope. I honestly do hope they they bolster the squad again and bring in some more like Mavericks because Bielsa just works magic with them really. Um, so in terms of goal, I've gone with you as well. I've gone with Emi Martinez. I think out of all the goalkeepers in the in the league this season, he has been the most reliable, the most consistent. It's also handy uh, that he, he plays for Villa as well, who don't have any other marketable players that you could stick into a starting eleven. This is true, yeah. Like he is a bit of a, a kind of a sensible. The other one I was going to perhaps bring in there was uh, Alphonse Arola for uh, Fulham. Like I think mm. he has been a like low key, very very good signing for Fulham. Um, obviously alone because Fulham another, don't sign permanently. Another good goalkeeper, I would have. If I was going to go proper left field, I would have gone for Darlow. Yes, Darlow was also on my list. Um, I'm like, I'm like, who else do fucking Newcastle have? Maybe could you put Willock in there? Oh, I could have put Willock. Bollocks. Could put Willock in there, yeah. yeah. Op- that was an option. Um, or um, St. Maximin. Yes, know. exactly. Um, so I've I've gone for the same formation as you. I've gone for the for the four five one or two three one if you're a hipster like me. Yeah, it's um, not been a good. It's not been a good season for frontmen. No, it's not. There's been two. There's been Kane and there's been Salah. That's about it. And Salah's on the on out wide. I was so going to say, does Salah even qualify as a front man? <laughs> yeah, like he doesn't even. The day Salah's being played, yeah, the day Salah is being played as a centre forward, you're like, oh, fuck off. The game's gone. The game's gone, man. The game's gone. That's it. Bottle jobs all around. Yeah, but, um, Rudiger. Rudiger's starter's name is Elia Trophy Rudiger. Oh, okay. There you go. I mean, that's a. <laughs> it actually rolls off the tongue a lot better than I thought it would, to be honest. Like, well, so do you know Nat Phillips is actually dating Liam Gallagher's daughter? It, oh, I did not know that. Yes, just one of the things I had. Um, sorry, it's just oh, looking at a lot of a load of football guff as well. Um, a very nice video of Sergio Aguero handing the keys to his Range Rover to the City Kitman. Yes, yeah, it was a very nice one. Barney bought them all uh, uh, Rolexes on his way out. Yeah, fire Man City staff. It was very nice of him. Honestly, like, you know what? Nice. Like, uh, while we're while we're kind of like stalling for time here, when Burkwak comes back, uh, <laughs> like, it is actually going to be a bit sad to see the likes of Aguero gone because oh, like, there he she is. Does, he does seem like a nice guy. So uh, yeah, I think. Yeah. It's fair. I was just about to say also the little tidbit I shared as well that uh, slipped from Frank De Boer during his press conference. 
when he mentioned oh, that he yes. he'd love to pick Queensy Menig on the right wing during the Euros <laughs> until somebody pointed out to him, I was like, you know, you haven't picked them in your squad, so you can't actually feel them. Awkward. <laughs> we could say a lot about the Dutch team here, lads. Is uh, it's not going to go well for him in the Euros. I'll say that much. Oh, also, here, anybody remember Alexander Sorlot? I do remember Sorloth. I, uh, yes. Yes. You can yes. talk about him. Yeah. He, 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 he's, well, not been in trouble, but he has been begging his fans from, because he now plays for Trabzonspor. He plays for Leipzig. He was at Trabzonspor. Yeah. He's now been begging their fans to stop leaving him messages. He got left a record breaking 3.2 text messages and voice messages after somebody published his phone number online. <laughs> oh, my God. So yeah, they were all and they're all doing the same thing. They're all asking him to come back to Trabs on Spawn. He got left three point fucking two billion. So he's actually he's taken to uh, Instagram and begged people to stop. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I've left and I'm not coming back. Please <laughs> understand. Really much, yeah. This uh, is this is why I left, you pricks. <laughs> this is why I can't have nice things. Yeah. Um, so yeah so yes I have Martinez in goal um, then the back four I have again not too far from, from yours Neil uh, on the my centre back partnership is James Tarkowski and Wesley mm-hmm. Fofana uh, ah you Fofana yeah yes uh, left back I'm gone for I've opted for Luke Shaw because I think honestly when you do look at how he's been playing he has been actually pretty damn good for United um, no no he's been fantastic for United I mean like, we've loved slagging him off but yeah, he's been no, fantastic has been superb um, uh, and on the right again I'm, I'm, I'm happy that both of us remember Tariq Lamte so um, I've, I've gone for him on the right because yeah. like, honestly nice. if he didn't get injured my word was he ever going to have a superb season like the guy is 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 a turbo boost and when yeah, he apparently he's still apparently like people since he wrecked his ACL people have been coming in like mad bids for him and yeah. Brighton are still Brighton are still like no they're still like holding off like crazy bids, even though he's fucked for the next year or so. That's the thing, like, like he'll just need a, he just needs a good season, and that market value goes up by fucking tenfold. You know, mm-hmm. so I can see why the, the the interest is there. Um, so in terms of my two uh, holding midfielders, I have opted for um, Pavel Sauchek as my uh, as my rice type midfielder because honestly, he's a big lump, and I love him for it. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, Playing a bit of box, a little bit out of position, but playing box to box is uh, Mason Mount. He's my Chelsea player. Oof, I had Mount um, as well. Yeah, Mount was my Chelsea player as well. Yeah, like honestly, like I, I feared the worst for him in a sense when Lampard got sacked. I thought Tuchel would look at him and go, oh, "That's nice, but me and Kovacic." And honestly, like he has been the best performer in that team. Like he is well and truly outperformed uh, any of their major signings and uh, well justified being in the squad. To be honest. And really, for him personally, I'm glad. He, like, I'm happy for him to win the Champions League because he is a he is a pretty damn good player, and um, and and in some circles doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, so my front four then. So playing as my number ten, um, there could only be one really, and that's Kevin De Bruyne, like fucking assist king, like absolute Bruyne, fantastic yeah. player. Um, I, I could have picked any match player to be honest, like uh, Kevin. Um, like Gundogan yeah. was a was a very close shout, <laughs> but I thought De Bruyne was a better fit here. Because my front three on the right is Mo Salah. Uh, on the left is Alan St. Maximan. And up Ooh, front is nah. Harry Kane. So I've gone oh, for a, I, 
a very eccentric front line, as you can tell. That will make no fucking sense in real life, but who cares? It's a team of the season. It doesn't have to. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it was a toss-up for me with, with Alan St. Maximan. Like, I could have gone for, for someone like uh, Foden, maybe, on the left, but I just love watching him play. Like, he just seems like such a, an anomaly as a footballer. Like, I just couldn't uh, keep him out. Like, I just, I just love his work. Again, in a Newcastle team that just doesn't have any attacking flair, he was all of it, you know. So it was it was it was nice mm. to see him there. Um, so yeah, that's my that's my team of the season. Um, Burkbot, you are with uh, us again. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, so this Depends was. Down. Have you got your team of the season? I I do I do. Uh, and similarly, I have Emmy Martinez in goal. Mm-hmm. Who's your manager? <laughs> Big Sam. Okay, right. <laughs> oh fuck! Call the sound you hear, people, is the, is the sound of a spanner. Is the sound of a spanner being thrown into a lot of works? <laughs> oh, uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Just checking. I did a subs bench, but I didn't do a manager. Fuck it. Okay, we don't have a subs bench. It's fine. Yeah, it's the starting eleven. Okay, but hold on. Uh, this, that means uh, what's his no, name? The notes was very was very clear at Burkbot, to be honest. I mean, I I know, <laughs> I know, but I can't pick Emma Hayes apparently. So um, no, because she's Chelsea. I, that, that's um, uh, English bloke who looks like your man from Line of Duty, Scotty Parker. Oh, you're okay. You're going for Scott Parker. That's uh, yeah. that's an interesting one. Okay, right. So you got Scott Parker as as manager. He definitely thought that one through. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. so, <laughs> so what's your so your goalkeeper's Emmy Martinez? We've all gone for yeah. Martinez in our team. Um, yeah. What's your what's your formation? What's your what's your back? I line? have a four three three. Um, and I I don't really know if these players play well in this formation, but sure, fuck it. Whatever. Uh, we've got we've got Trent Alexander Armstrong at right back. Okay. Um, uh, my centre back pairings are Rudiger for Chelsea and Dunk from Brighton Hove Oh, that's a good share for Dunk. Yeah. You mi- you missed um, my previous little hint that uh, my nugget about Rudiger in that he recently had a daughter, and in honour of his Champions League win, he gave her the middle name Trophy. Fantastic. <laughs> that's that's the sort of mementos you want. In fairness. Um, and uh, yeah, to, to cap it off, then who's your left back of the season? Um, I can't go with Katie McCabe. Uh, um, although I, you know, to caveat this, I have done a WSL team of the season. Um, of I went with Dallas from Leeds, and uh, oh, not necessarily, be- not necessarily as a left back, but just in that position. I think, like, I think he was a very good defender, all around midfielder, and it was kind of a bit everywhere. So yeah. um, for this, I'm throwing him in left back. Good show, good show. I like it. Um, so um, you're middle three then. Middle three, um, kind of as a number six holding midfielder. We've got Gundogan, um, because he does have that ability to go box to box now. Uh, mm-hmm. Flanked uh, on the right hand side by Fernandez, and on the left hand side Saka. So right. uh, Bruno Fernandez. Okay. Um, and then my front three. Uh, again, kind of a hodgepodge. Um, if you think about the formation and teams that we're playing, I've got a uh, Vardy, um, Mikel Antonio, and Ooh. Calvert Lewin. 
Oh, that's a very um, eclectic mix. And <laughs> my, my, my thought process here is have kind of Antonio and Calvert-Lewin kind of um, pincer, uh, pincering Vardy up as a top striker there. Interesting. So like, like having Antonio as being the big bruiser, uh, Calvert-Lewin as being the target man and Vardy just to sweep up the scraps from their off-target shots because they did have a lot of them. Okay. I like um, I like, I like if you want to hear my subs bench, I had Willock from midfield. Mm-hmm. Um, Willock midfield. Um, Ings up front. Uh, Aina from Fulham because I'm not counting Scott Parker as my manager anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And Nick Pope was my sub goalie. Oh, very good. Very good. Um, and while we're here, actually, Burke, uh, I've seen that you went through the effort. What's your uh, WSL team? Okay, so again, picked one from each team. Um, okay. And I actually do think this formation would be fucking unreal. Um, yeah, right. So we've got Maloney in goal. Grace Maloney from Reading in goal. Um, she had a bit of a, a hit and miss season. Some matches, she's absolutely like unbelievable and then sometimes she got lobbed by like 45 yarders um <laughs> but, but we play again 433 uh we've got a back four of alana kennedy um sorry it'd be harriet scott as a right back uh center back pairing of uh mo wald and uh, alana kennedy from spurs i have to pick a spurs player because uh there is only 12 teams in the or 11 teams in the league, so I have to go with her. Uh, but I actually do rate her as a player as well. And uh, she is no longer a Spurs player as of mm-hmm. recording because uh, they just got rid of the entire 11. She's got rid of the team. Got, it's all been merged into one. And shock horror at left back at Kate McCabe. Uh, <gasps> no. Who doubles up, doubles up also <laughs> as left wing the other, center, the other mid center yeah, defense. Man. Yeah. Uh, goal, sure. goalkeeper, uh, <laughs> uh, music boss, uh, fan representative, <laughs> director of football. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. No, so that's my back four, which is fairly fairly tight back four, I think. Um, yeah. Midfield, then I, I have holding midfielder of Megan Connolly mm-hmm. from Brighton, who yeah. um, you know did did a solid job there for Brighton this year, uh, and also scored the winning goal from a corner against Chelsea. Um, mm-hmm. I have one of my favorite players ever to watch, Caroline Weir, and it pains me oh, to yeah. say that she started her career, pretty much her professional career at Arsenal, and then Man City took her. Um, and she didn't have a great season but with Arsenal, but Man City kind of unlocked her potential. And then Mana Iwabuchi, because she played for this season for Aston Villa, but we now have her at Arsenal. Yes, I'm nice. really, really fucking excited about that prospect, but I've taken her as a Villa player here. And then a front three. Um, unsurprisingly, had to go with one of the Chelsea crowd. Uh, Frank Kirby. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Man United's Leah Galton. Um, and uh, Bristol City's Abby Harrison. Uh, she's a bit of a kind of uh, a wild card here because mm-hmm. she was out for most of last season with an ACL injury. But when she came back in, she did make a difference to the Bristol team. There was a bit more kind of cohesion in the forward line because up until the point she came back, it was just hoof the ball up to Ebony Salmon and see what she can do. Abby mm-hmm. Harrison actually tried to do a bit of hold up play, tried to, you know, play the ball. Of, yeah. Uh, and I think she was very good. And then my manager of the season. I, I've used up all of the teams, so I have to go with a manager that I've already mentioned, but it's MAs. Yeah. Like, I, I, I knew you were going to go with um, Kirby up front when you didn't mention Kerr in your midfield. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though she she got named in the PFA team of the year. Yeah. Uh, in, in midfield and she's replied to that saying I've never played midfield in my life <laughs> but they just needed funnily to enough actually the... funnily enough McCabe's in it as well um, so yeah they, she made it into that but not, not player of the season which is a fucking sham yeah how many of... more assists and goals do you want and clean sheets one Seven. of two Arsenal players one of two Arsenal players in there as well uh, Leia Williamson being the other mm. yes uh, funny enough, our defence, which wasn't exactly water type this season, gets two defenders in there. Ah, f- and Miedema doesn't make it. No, Miedema doesn't make it. If the front the front one was Kirby, Hemp and Kelly. Yeah. I, do, I don't I do mind Hemp. I, and Kelly had a great season. So yeah, again, another one that Arsenal came up to the ranks with us. And- yeah, yeah. Um, Berger and Goal. Sorry, the... the, sorry, the PFA Women's Team of the Year is Berger and Goal, mm-hmm. um, McCabe, Williamson, Eriksson, Mielde, Marin Mielde, Mielde, Mielde. Yeah. 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 Uh, Mewis, Caroline Ware, Sam Kerr, Chloe Kelly, Fran Kirby, and Lauren Hemp. Yeah. That's, yeah, it's a, That's a good four, team. 4 0 really, isn't it? Like, it's a. <laughs> let's be honest. Like, it's, a, it's, it's very. That's, a, that's as top heavy as it fucking gets, isn't it? Um, so, uh, yeah, so there's our team of the seasons. Um, feel free to chat with us online uh, to tell us what do you think of what's your team of the seasons against the same rules and see if you can uh, beat us on paper. And uh, speaking of, uh, I have a dirty, filthy paper of stats here, folks, from the season. Oh, fuck. So now I'm going to put your knowledge to the challenge. So the way I'm going to do this is, right, uh, I'm going to give you the chance of either multiple choice or not, right? If you get this question right without multiple choice, you get three points. But if you take the multiple choice, it's only one point if you get it right. Okay, so I'm giving okay. you that double jeopardy, right? So it's open to, to both of you. So if you want to kind of go for a complete shot in the dark, if you think you know it, you might get your three points. But if you go multiple choice, it's only the one. So uh, your first question, uh, your starter for 10, which team is the best disciplined in Europe's top five leagues? Well, it's definitely not us. <laughs> yeah, I'd to say that, yeah. If it helps, this team got 40 yellow cards this season and zero red cards. And if I'm not mistaken, the only team to get no red cards this season. In top five? In the top five European leagues. So England, France, Germany, Italy and Spain. Give us a multiple choice. Burpot, do you want multiple choice? Yeah. Right, so... Your choices are A, Borussia Dortmund, B, Liverpool, C, Racing Strasbourg, or D, Udinese. Um, I am going to go with uh, Strasbourg. Although I feel yeah. like that's the one that has gonna have like a worst record, and you've just thrown <laughs> that in. Um, I'll go with Udinese. Udinese. Well, I'm afraid you're both wrong on that, guys. It is for the fifth year running, Liverpool. Liverpool have won the Fair Play Award in Europe five years in a row, and in fact, since Klopp has taken over, they have never lost the Fair Play Award. 
which is a like crazy I feel like Mane alone should have botched that record. For you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's you definitely so. tried his hardest. <laughs> he really did, and and all credit to him. But no, for again, again for the second year, uh, no, that's not true. For two years out of five, no red cards, which is pretty good going. And um, so uh, nil all so far. Uh, question two: Which Portuguese striker netted twenty eight league goals this season? Outscoring Erling Braut Holland, Kylian Mbappe, and Romelu Lukaku. Do you know this Portuguese striker? No. Is he you know is he Portuguese or does he just play in the Portuguese no, league? No, he is actually Portuguese. I think Bart is swaying towards multiple choice here. Neil, have it yourself. Yeah. Hang on. Um, shit. I, um, I'm going to, okay, if he's not going to go multiple choice, I'll say Lopez. That's not an answer. <laughs> 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 he just went for the most Spanishy sound. Yeah. <laughs> Can't say that doesn't work. Fuck. Have you got an answer, Neil? Is it Andre Silva? You're gonna go for Andre Silva. Uh, Burkbot, would you like multiple choice? No, I'll stick with Lopez. You want to stick with Lopez? Well, you should the choice because the correct answer was playing for Eintracht Frankfurt was Andre Silva. I knew it. So he's the one who played for Germany. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And it was a was the second highest top goal scorer compared to Robert Lewandowski. So mm. you know, he, isn't Lopez one of the goalkeepers? Uh, Anthony Lopez. Yes, uh, I only remember that because we've been we've been scoping out the Portugal team yes. for bets. Her That's right. Indeed, we have. And I put some money on it because I'm fucking but, crazy. You know, at least I wasn't just going with a Spanish name. There was actually logic. That You'd actually get Portuguese players now. So, I'll, yeah, I'll go actually, yeah, you, 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 you did get a Portuguese player. It just turns out to be the second string goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard look, is what I can say there. Um, so, so, Neil now leads us that attack 3 0. Uh, question number three. <laughs> Harry Kane won the Golden Boot this season with 23 goals in the Premier League. What percentage of Tottenham's league goals are his? Are you going with like prices, right rules, closest without going over, gets the points? Yeah, I suppose so. We can do it that way, yeah? If you're going to go shot in the dark. Again, I have multiple choice for this if you wanted to opt for it. I'll go with 28. You want to go with 28? Okay. Oh, I was going to go 62. <laughs> is that your final answer you know how yeah. percentages work yes and I don't see any other Spurs player doing anything all I ever hear about is Kane so you know, you, know, ba- you know Bale has the highest goals per minute ratio of any player he that's... played like four minutes <laughs> no actually he, played... he qualified for the highest goals per minute thing Fine. He, Fine. Fine. Shut minutes. up, Neil. I'll go 31. <laughs> You're going to go with 31. Half my answer. 31 yeah. is your final answer. Right. Well, the correct answer was 34%. 
Oh, you fucking... I should have just, I should have just left you to wallow in your idiocy. Yes. So you were actually, and again, with the multiple choice, you would have been closest as well, and uh, given the choices I had. So it's a, uh, so it's, Neil, you, you gambled and you failed. It's three all. You, no, you I smack talked. I got, yes. I got caught up in my smack talk, and I you did. You fucking did. forced it down. Should have left her a ridiculous sixty-two percent. What the fuck is yeah. wrong with you? Yeah, idiot. <laughs> On you bottled it. Honestly, Lester, Lesterny indeed. Um, so question number four: Mike Dean has given the most red cards this season. How many? How many red cards has Mike Dean given out this season? This again, the price is right rules. Hey, we can go that way, yeah? We go on nine. Oh, whoa. I was going to say three. <laughs> the correct answer was eight. Oh, you fucking bastard. <laughs> So, <laughs> correct answer. So again, one penny. You are one penny over, Neil. I'm afraid. Um, so, <laughs> so I can't say Burpa was right either. I mean, she, she was. She was a good bit yeah, off. I don't so, want yeah. to be right. No, I don't think so. I'm going to keep that three apiece. Um, so, for question five, then, which player, according to who scored and other stat sites, has been classified best in the year after winning six point eight aerial jewels this season? Who is best in the air? Um, uh, like, can I? Is this attacking or defensive? Uh, or just this, aerial this, duels. That counts for both. So, anyone, any balls coming in from the air, if they win the duel, then that counts on their on that stat. Oh, I have an answer. Ooh, um, I'm gonna go with the one that's in my team. I'm gonna <sighs> say Lewis Dunk. Ooh, I'm gonna go with your boy Nat Phillips. Well, it's interesting actually because Nat Phillips was one of my choices, and here's the thing: he would have been that if he played enough games. Ah, you right? fucker! He would have. He's he's currently on six point two aerial jewels. Um, but the correct answer for the entire season is Christian Benteke. Oh, <laughs> Christian Benteke won the most aerial jewels this season out of the entire entire lot. So yeah, so he's been doing something right. So, question number six: we're still three apiece. Chelsea's men's team scored 58 goals in 38 league games. How many did Chelsea's women score in 22 league games? Fuck. Um, I'm going to have to do some maths here because you've got Kerr got golden boot. Kerr B was not far off getting golden boot. I mm. uh, was in third place next to Viv Miedema, who was three goals off Kirby or uh, Kerr. Uh, and then you also had Leopold. Uh, oh, fuck. Um, so you have, so Chelsea's men team had 58 in 38 games. And now I'm asking you for how many for Chelsea women in 22 league games? Uh... Neil, have you got an answer in your minds? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I I think I'm gonna go like uh I think it's like 
quite high. Like, I think it's higher than the men's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I was going to go higher than that. Uh, I'm going to go 64. Oh, you fucking get it. You're going to go 64 as well? I was literally going to go with 64. I'll go with 65. 65. I think, yeah. That is a classic shithouse tactic, Neil, on the price is right. And the correct answer is 69. The shithouse wins again and gets the points. So, uh, question number seven. Emmy Buendia had a standout season for Norwich this season. How many goals and assists did he net this season? So, I'm asking you to add his goals and his assists together here. So, in total, how many did he net? Oh, so you want, like, goal... Uh, like Goals plus what? assists. Didn't he give, like, goal involvements or some bullshit like that, isn't it? Yeah, it's something like that. But some I'm asking stupid you, so name. He's netted like an X amount of goals and he's also got a net amount of assists. So I'm asking for that total amount. It's an oh. over under KG McCabe's. I don't think anyone can match those stats, to be honest. <laughs> that's just cheating if that is. If that's In what position? Yeah. Um, <laughs> go 30. Hold on, assists. Because he racked up a fuckload of assists. Hmm. But he didn't go past 20 in either, obviously. The mm-hmm. only one player has ever done that. So what's your answer, Neil? 32. 32. Burke, what happened yourself? I'm going to do a Neil tactic. No. And I'm going to say 33. No. <laughs> if she gets the points out of this, I'm going to put my fist through the fucking screen. Good well, thing I got two of them. Well, indeed, um, you were right in saying that uh, he didn't go over 20 in either stats. So he got 15 goals this season and he got 16 assists. So the correct answer was 31. Oh, you're fucking joking. The shithousing <laughs> failed. <laughs> Love it. I hate so, my life. So again, Neil is leading here. Uh, question eight. Which player made the most tackles this Premier League season with 108? So, so we average about 3.5 tackles this season, just to put it into, into context. So which player do you think made those tackles? I feel like I was watching a match and the commentator said that and I went, whoa, and he's still mm. shit. Now again, multiple choices available if you want them. Um... No, I don't think I want it. Oh, you going for it? Yeah. What's your what, go... what is your what is your flight fence stingling? Uh, uh, Basuma. Eves Basuma. Okay, interesting. Neil, how about yourself? Fernandinho. Fernandinho, no. Well, it wasn't a midfielder, shockingly enough. It was actually a right-back. It was for Leeds. It was Luke Ayling. Oh, fucking hell. So, Luke Ayling made 30 more tackles than anybody else in the league this season. He outscores Wan-Bissaka by a factor of, like, a point and a half, essentially. So, yeah, he's been all over the shop this season. So, uh, so uh, there you go. Fun fact. Uh, question number 10. 
How many league titles has Antonio, Antonio Conte won in his last seven seasons as head coach? Cross all the, cross all of them, yeah. Mm. League titles? Yes. Like, I don't follow these people once they leave the Premier League or while they're in the Premier League and not at Arsenal. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll just, a four. Five. Stab in the dark. And, and the correct answer was five. Five was the correct answer. So he won three at Juventus back to back, then the one at Chelsea, and then his most recent one, of course, at Inter Milan. So five league titles in seven seasons. Not bad going, lads, I'll be honest. Um, so, yeah, well done, Neil. Uh, you now lead 9 3. Question 11. Wow, that is. <laughs> Uh, avalanche of petty there. Yes. Thank you, Captain Passive Aggression. Question 11. Which uh, goalkeeper secured 21 clean sheets more than any other in Europe's top five leagues? So essentially I'm asking you who won Europe's Golden Glove? <clears throat> yeah, Neil, this has to be your wheelhouse. Jesus Christ. Not across Europe. <laughs> yeah, multiple places available. Shit, I think I know who it is. Fuck, no I don't. Do I? <laughs> I think it's... It, it's the fucking... It's the... he's Because he's on loan, isn't he? It's the fuck... If I get his name slightly wrong, do I get the fucking... Still get the question oh, right? It depends, it depends. It's 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 Woodman. It's the 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 guy Newcastle have out on loan. I can't remember to what fucking Swansea. team. You're, you're thinking of Freddie Woodman. Swansea, yes. Okay. Him. I'll go with him. All right. Uh, Bert, how about yourself? Like, is it domestically or across the entire season? So this is this is the top five leagues in Europe. So England, France, Germany, Spain. Yeah, just in league, not not in like not in like the Europa or Champions yeah. League. Right. Okay. Okay. Um. um <laughs> I was gonna say like uh, Barcelona's keeper for the women. Um. <laughs> Because like they conceded like three goals this season, so yeah, like the field of the fucking be. traffic cone. <laughs> well, I don't think you'll allow me to say that one. Would um, not. Oh, Neves, Navas, Navas, Taylor Navas, for PSG, Navas, yeah. Okay, PSG well, goalkeeper. That's a good show. Mm, it is a good show. You know, they lost the league. Well, she was actually in the right ballpark. It wasn't the PSG keeper that got the golden uh, gloves. Oh, it was the fucking Lille keeper, wasn't it? Mike Menyon, yes. Fuck. Mike Menyon who got it. So, yes, uh, he <sighs> 21 clean sheets in 38 league games, which is uh, partly the reason why they won the league in the first place, just the best defence. Uh, so, again, Neil, not too shabby. You're still leading. Uh, question number 12. How many goals did Rangers concede in their invincible SPL season? Yeah, don't even want to answer this. 
Uh, I'll go with 30. 32. 32. 32. Okay. Burpa, how about yourself? And I'm only saying that because I'm looking at a deal now that's offered me 32% off something and I just went with that. (laughs) I'm going to go less. I'm going to say... 26. 26. Uh, well, Burpa went for the 22 counties. <laughs> 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 oh, can we sub over and come out, you black and tans, over that answer? Yeah, that's fair, yeah. Uh, well, Burpa was the closest with 26, but you need to go half that. The answer was 13. Fuck oh, off. Fuck. They shipped I, 13 it, goals the entire season. Yeah, if, if I'm not mistaken, God, the Scottish footballs. Yeah, they, they. If I'm not mistaken, they only conceded four home goals this season. Jesus, insane. And um, so, question thirteen: Which team were the top goal scorers in the Europa League this season? Shit, was it Arsenal? I was. Yeah, I would have said us. Yeah, you gonna go for Arsenal as well? Yeah. You're both right. Yeah. No, the answer is Arsenal. They mm. scored 33 goals. Um, so, yeah, you both got the question right there. Um, they were, you narrowly beat Roma, who scored 31. Because, obviously, you would have went through the whole uh, qualifying phase as well. So, that's always fun. Um, question 14. According to Transfer Market, how many English players are in the top 10 most valuable players? So, going by highest market value, how many English players are in that top 10? Oh, fuck. I can never judge this because they're like they're always so overrated. Yeah. It's a very subjective thing <laughs> as well, yeah. Um how many? You don't we don't have to name them. You don't have to name them, no. Just just how many players in the top ten are English? Ugh. Uh sorry, I just elbowed my mic. I'm okay. gonna go with seven. Seven, okay. Burkbaugh. I'm making a list here and I'm just trying to think is there anyone that I'm missing out here that would be included that even though I don't rate might be there. Mm-hmm. Um, wasting your brand new Sakura pants on these gimps. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go five. Five. Um, again, you are one penny over Burke, but the answer was four. Fuck off. Four. So Can you I, have. Who are they? Who are they indeed? Trent Alexander Arnold. Bellingham's um, there, isn't he? No, he's not actually. Uh, Trent Alexander Arnold, Jaden Sancho, Sancho, Raheem Sterling, yeah. and Harry Kane. Oh, uh, oh I, if... didn't have... <laughs> I didn't have. I didn't have Kane on my list either. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, <laughs> and I wouldn't mind. I kind of feel bad for you because I think either eleventh or twelfth is Marcus Rashford. So you, it would have been five oh. if like someone was it wasn't in the way essentially. So, uh, yeah, hard luck there. But again, as we reach the, uh, the tail end of this... Tell that Haaland guy to fuck off. Yes, indeed. Good luck with that. <laughs> so, mm. Neil, you're still leading 12-6 here. Uh, question 15. FC Schalke was relegated from the Bundesliga after a disastrous league season. How many match days did it take for them to win a league game? It was something like 19. 19? Burp I think the only, one, the only one on like 19th. Fuck. Um, 
19 weeks that would have been or like yeah I don't I'm not going to use this rule of shit like going one over (laughs) that's because you're crap at it stay yeah I'm going to go 14 I'm going to go 14 well, I must say, Bert, but you've changed your tactics and uh, you change them at the right time because the answer was 15. Ah, oh, fuck off. Yeah! 15. So they went, they actually also hold a record for the longest losing streak for a league team. They went 18 league games without a win because he also That's went probably what I was thinking of. At the easy, yeah, at the, at the end of the, of the other Bundesliga season. So since lockdown, they hadn't lost a game. Um, so the 15th match day they had was against Hoffenheim and it was 4-0. They beat them 4-0 at home and then like, oh, they're back. No, no, they weren't. They were not. They were not back. <laughs> so, Bergwald, we've, we've narrowed it down. It's 9-12, going into the last five. Robert Lewandowski scored 41 league goals this season. You mean Ro- Ro- Robert Lewandowski? Robert Lewandowski. Le- Le- Lewandowski. Lewandowski scored 41 league goals this season. How many teams <laughs> in Europe's top five leagues did he outscore? Oh. Now, again, I, I can give you his multiple choice if you need it. He scored 41. So how many teams scored less than 41 in across exactly the top five leagues? Oh. And again, the top five leagues here, England, Germany, Spain, Italy, and France. And specifically, of course, Premier League, La Liga, Ligue 1, Serie A, and Bundesliga. So just those five leagues. So, do you, has, are any numbers popping into your head? I do. I, I have one. Okay. I'm going to go with... Nine. Nine. Okay. How about yourself, Bergpa? Seven. Seven. Okay. So, um, just going by uh, stats, I'll go by league then. So, he outscored two teams in Italy. He outscored three teams in France. He outscored five teams in the Premier League. He outscored six German teams. So, he outscored six teams in the Bundesliga. And he outscored eight in La Liga. So that's a grand total of 24. Fucking hell. He outscored 24 teams in Europe this season. I knew he he outscored all of the relegated teams in the Premier League. Oh, yes. By a long shot, yeah. But he also outscored Brighton and Burnley and Wolves. That Um, makes sense. That yes. makes sense. <laughs> and if it wasn't for Christian Benteke, it would have been Palace as well. <laughs> so, yeah, he was uh, quite busy there. So I can't give points to that, unfortunately, because um, 24 was, was, was way above uh, what you had there. So uh, it's still 9-12. Uh, so this is a bit of a twofer. Uh, according to transfer markets, what was the most overpriced transfer this season? So the way I've worked this out is the transfer fee minus the player's market value here. Um, and again, I can give multiple choice if you... Still going to be Willian. We got him for free. <laughs> got him for free and still got ripped off. Mm. So again, multiple choices available if you need them. So which which do you think was the most overpriced transfer? In the Premier League? Uh, in Europe. In Europe? 
in Europe. Yeah. Just this season. Uh, yes, this season. So somewhere on the tra- on the January window. Oh, I'm just trying to think now back to who was transferred. <laughs> yeah. um, like we paid someone to take Mustafi. Is that still overpriced? <laughs> yeah, we yeah. we still lost money on that one. Well, they got, uh, a, they got a team relegated, so I think that's costly enough. Him and Kalazanac. Yes. Um, Oh, that is a really good question because they're again it's so subjective on mm. who was transferred that's the point because obviously it's going to be there wasn't a whole lot in January no it wasn't a tremendous amount so you're thinking the summer then for this yeah that's what I'm trying to go for like I said, is it going to be like really weird that we think it's a really good signing, but it's actually worked out too expensive? Yes, exactly. Well, that's the kind of thing here. Like that's the kind of the way I had to look at it. Like how much out of the, the fee the club has paid compared to the market value of the player. And this is current market value as well. So it's not as if like they, they would have gone up in that time. This is how they are at the minute as of as I've locked it in. So uh, like if anything, it could be actually more overpriced since then. <laughs> so um, like I said, I've got options here if you want to hear them. Maybe one will ring your bell. Yeah, go for it. Give us the answer. Yeah, ring that bell. Okay, right. So for a point then, you have... <laughs> Thankfully, I, I knew that it'd get her set off. I knew that it'd set her off. Yeah. Ring my bell, ring my bell. So your four choices for overpriced transfer is A, Ollie Watkins uh, to Aston Villa. B, Ruben Diaz to Manchester City. C, Fabio Silva to Wolves. Or D, Victor Omishen to Napoli. Or Oshinen, if I should, should say, to Napoli. Uh, okay, my thought was it might be Diaz because we think it was like a good deal, but like he did get like a huge fee attached to him. Mm. Um, so purely because that was my original thought, I'm going to go with that. Shit. Would you agree, Neil? I would have agreed with that, but I can't go with the same one. Um, I'll go with Oshiman. Oshiman, okay. So, uh, I worked at the maths here, actually, funny enough. So, uh, Victor Amishen uh, was a minus 30 million over the market value. Uh, Fabio Silva was minus 28. Watkins was minus 26. Ruben Diaz was minus 33. Bollocks. So Ruben Diaz was the right answer. So the price was um, 65 million compared to, uh, or sorry, 68 million compared to his 35 uh, market value. So yeah. And uh, the next question is the exact opposite. What was the biggest bargain? Uh, so market value minus the transfer fee. And again, I've got multiple choice here if you want them. William. <laughs> So again, this is also including free transfers as well, by the way. So this is where this is where it gets tricky. Also includes freeze. Mm. Mm. That's gonna be an awkward one. I'm gonna say fucking William. Because <laughs> I'm sure on paper he was worth money, but then people looking at him are like, oh Jesus. Now you you I am I, now bear in mind age does affect market value. So you wanna say you have to take that into account. 
Would you like multiple choice? No, nah, hang on. Hang on. Just thinking. Just thinking. Thinking. <laughs> Neil's got pricks. Yeah. <laughs> Neil's got something cooking up here. I like it. Who to free? Oh, wait a minute. There's a player. Hang on. Would it be, um, hang on. Would it be, uh, fucking, it's a Liverpool sign in. It's your man, Thiago, you got off Bayern. You're going to go for Thiago? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Burkbot, are you going to go for William? He's, or he's got him for like fucking 20 million. Like he just won the Champions League. Yes, that's true. Okay, you you gonna go with Thiago? Um, I might go then. Uh, if if you're like age is a factor and all of that, and you're trying to goad me away from doing that, maybe just to fucking fuck with my brain. Um, <laughs> when have I ever done that? Uh, is it Premier League or across Europe? Across Europe. Um. Oh, what? Uh, what's his name? The German guy with. Uh, hey, German boy, go back to Germania. Yeah, pretty much. Um. <laughs> You're thinking of a German player, are you? Yeah. Um, he plays for Hertha Berlin. Um, well, I'm going to have to check up his name. Okay. This is very exciting, folks. We are at the death knells of uh, the Salah attack here. It's 10 to, 10, 10 to 12. Said um, I are you yeah. talking about uh, Gwendozy? No. <laughs> he he he's an L lad who pushed Gwendozy out of the team this season. Current squad. Hold on, hold on. Jesus, where the fuck? Uh... Oh. Did I make this prayer up? It seems that you did. <laughs> Do you know any other German players? Do you know any any old players? Any Hertha Berlins? Um, I'm going to just say... Oh, that's not right. Uh, fuck it. Go, William. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, if you happen to know, William wasn't even ranked uh, in the top one. So, you could have had... Uh, you could have had uh, James Rodriguez, who was uh, a free to Everton, and it was 32 million above his uh, market value. He was you rated as 32 had... fucking million. Right. Now, that's not the right answer. Um, Ante Rebic, you could have had. He was uh, 27 above. He went to uh, AC Milan for 5 million from Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, you could have had Thiago Alcantara. He was 26 million above his uh, market value. But the correct answer 
was Leroy Sané. Oh, for fuck's sake. So Bayern Munich got him for 45 million and um, when his market value was 80 million. So Man City well oh. lost out on that deal. Um, so yes, hard luck there. Oh. But it, it's still the play for going into the last two questions. So going by combined market value, what was the most expensive team relegated from a top five European league? So the most ex- what was the most expensive relegation this season? And multiple Schalke? choices, of course, available for this. Are you going for Schalke. 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 Okay. Via transfer marked, yeah? Yes. I we'll go with Sheffield United. Did they, didn't they go down? They did go down. They, they almost certainly did go down. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the, your two choices were FC Schalke and Sheffield United. So, Schalke had a uh, combined market value of 108 million euros. Um, Sheffield United had a combined uh, market value of 155 million euros. Oof. You could have also had Parma. They were relegated this season. They were worth 140 million thereabouts. But the correct answer was Fulham. Oh, you combined f- fuck off. With a combined market value, get this, of 230 million How? euros. How? Because half their, half their squads were loan signing. So Erola, Luckman, Joachim Anderson, these were all the market values. And Mitrovic, like huge market value as well. Uh, and Hell. And Zambo and Guisa, like a lot of like expensive players in that squad. So Fulham was the right answer. And again, now, this is a spicy bit. So Burkball, you're still in touch and distance here, but you need to get a three-pointer to win. Burkball or Neil, you just need to hold position here. And your question is, and I love this one, right? It's my favorite question, as it is the hardest. Who was the most injured player in the Premier League this season? So there's one player who has had... Four different injuries this season. Four different injuries. So who was that player? <laughs> again, this poor fucker had... Uh, not, not, again, these are not reoccurring injuries. These are four different injuries he's had this season. Like, I think there's like one that jumps to mind. But I feel like you threw this bit, like again, red herring me. Mm-hmm. Like, Steph Catley had three different injuries uh, this season for Arsenal. Indeed, um, it's, it's not her. So, Barbara, if you want to win Sad Attack, you have to go for this one. And they're oh. in the Premier League, yeah? Yes, it's just Premier League, yes. So, who's the most injured player in the Premier League this season? Oh, I I have um, I have an option in my head. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Uh, and I feel like if I say it, like Neil's kind of like, ah, I'm going to go with this person now and it's going to be right. <laughs> well, like I said, you're the one that has to try and uh, catch up to Neil. So the onus is on you. Neil can just say anybody and he would have won. He could have won. So do we have any takers? Liverpool, Liverpool had the most amount of injuries this season, correct? Mm. Yes. Yeah. As a team, yes. Made a painfully so, like, <laughs> Logic would dictate it to one of them, which is kind of the, the first... The, okay, there was one that came to mind that wasn't from Liverpool, and then there was Liverpool. But I, I'm trying to just go through... Like, to have four separate injuries means at different points they did come back from injury, or did they not make it back onto the pitch? This, yeah, um, yeah, you, know, you, you have to you have the first point right. So this person had four separate injuries over the season. So I'm assuming then they had different points where they came back and then got injured and then came back yes, and got injured. Exactly, exactly. And then came back and got injured. Yes. <sighs> the guy was literally perennially injured all season. Kieran Tierney. I'll go with my first gut instinct. Tierney, okay, interesting. Neil. Tierney. I... Oh, fuck. <laughs> so let's say Bournemouth aren't in the Premier League. <laughs> no. So I can't go for wheelchair shit. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Oh. Wait a minute. Newcastle are still in it. Do they still have Andy Carroll on their books? Oh, they don't. Uh, they actually, yeah. Andy Carroll is on their books, yeah. Oh, I'll go with him then. You're going to go for Andy Carroll. Interesting. So, these are both happy with Kieran Tierney and yes. Andy Carroll as your picks. Right. Okay. So, oh, I. I'll go over a few honorable mentions here. So you could have had Alan St. Maximan. He was injured three times over the season, including COVID. Um, Seamus Coleman, also injured three times over the season, um, as was uh, David Luiz. He uh, was injured twice and had COVID. But the correct answer, the poor fucker from Burnley, um, Johan Berg Gudmundsen. Right? This poor fucker <laughs> had a shocker of a season. Groin strain. Right, then a full groin tear, then a uh, a calf strain, and then to wrap up a season, an MCL tear. <laughs> Jesus. So Johan Berg Goodmanson was injured with four different injuries this season, more than anyone else. <laughs> Poor uh, I actually genuinely, and I'm not trying to be funny here, but like I think half the Arsenal team would have him bet. Arsenal women's team would have him bet. Oh no doubt. Like, Steph Catley pulled up with um, a hams- tight hamstring, uh, just a little you know tear. Then completely tore that. Then had a calf injury, and mm. then had to get calf surgery or surgery on her calf. So then was recovering from that. So I don't know if you yeah. considered that. Uh, Jen Beatty, um, I don't know if you can you know cancer as a as an injury, but like <laughs> uh, she has also done her hamstring. It's an injury of the back. mind. It's an injury she slacked off up the mind. 
Um, she's done her back, her calf, and her hamstring, and her groins as well. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, just okay. Goodman said, never heard of him. Sorry, well, I, 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 I don't blame you. I don't blame you in that sense because, again, he was like constantly injured and now he has to go to the Euros, the poor fucker. Um, he actually doesn't. Iceland didn't qualify. Um, probably a good thing for him. Uh, but yes, that means out of all that, Neil, you have won this season's stat attack, 12 to 10. Well okay. done, my son. Get on there. Get get in there, my son. Um, and that means that the last thing for us to do to wrap up the season is dish out our cod of the season. Neil, you did lose your cods at the start Yes, my cod is, of course, Spurs, because not only have they codded their way through this entire season with a succession of, just quite frankly, grasping far exceeding their reach, mm. um, they're setting themselves up for a fucking calamitous, hilarious um, downfall with Antonio Conte. Um, should it come off, by the way, because that's not yeah, certain, that although it's... It, it is being hammered in a lot of places that I'm reading now. Hold off, Neil. Sorry. As I've been reading throughout there. the whole thing. Breaking news here. Tottenham call off plans to appoint Antonio Conte as new head coach. Ooh. You're joking. Just got an alert there. Apparently it is off. Hilarious. Ryan Mason for the win. Who the Here fuck else? Go? Oh my God. No, it's not going to be potched back to them. <laughs> Any case, they deserve cod. They deserve cod of the season. They limped through with Jose, and then had to pay him thirty million quid to fuck off. Yeah. That alone deserves cod of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Whilst also alienating every one of their best players. <laughs> like it has been like a like raise it to the ground type of season for Spurs, hasn't it? Like uh, it really has. Yeah, I, I'm 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 loving their scorched earth tactic to football. Yeah. It, it's good. Too bad they decided to start on their own ground. <laughs> <laughs> you got no fans. You got no ground. <laughs> You're playing shit. Shit. Ah. So. Uh, <laughs> So Burke Bob, so obviously Spurs is our is one candidate for uh, cut of the season. How about yourself? What have you got for for us this season? Um, to go with my absolute gut, it's going to be the FAI. Um, oh yeah, I was about but, to say, could we not pick Ireland as our cards? You know, yeah, we're all part of Kenny's army. We still have no victories. <laughs> like when you're relying on Daryl Horgan to spur you into life to score a goal, um, uh, the FAI um, and their lack of youth development or lack of kind of retaining youth development. I think there was a thing in the paper this week about how England's team is, can be built around Rice and Grealish, mm. and yeah, that just that that kind of that hurts. Um, <laughs> they, in all fairness, they look very comfortable in those England jerseys. They look very fucking. Yeah. They love yeah. playing for England. They utterly fucking love it. Um. Yeah. Look. Um. That that would be my first choice of a card, just because I think it's probably the one I've gone with most. But, but the one that has probably made me the most angry is Birmingham City women. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, Birmingham City's 
like management and their treatment of the women's team, which also can be caveat. So I'm going to go with football associations that mistreat their women's teams. So which all, that all kind of, of all of them. All football associations. All football associations are my cod because that's a risky one we're doing like room 101 rules like football no longer exists at that point then you've just banned all associations it just goes to straight up anarchy it's like but Mad look Max that's football. how the women have felt for the last 70 years so you know <laughs> have a taste of that lads honestly I tell you this feminist agenda has gone too far I tell you When's it, when is our men? When is the men's world cup, lads? When is the fucking men's yeah, world cup? When's the men's world cup, yo? When is it? When is it? Where, where's the men? Where is it? Where, where, actually, where the is men's it? Euros is now actually taking the place of the women's Euros, and the women's. That's Euros a good point. Where's the men's Euros? There's no men's Euros. Yeah, yeah. when's the men's Euros? Yeah. Come on, this is stupid now. Taking the piss. <laughs> so. So yeah, I'm going to go with football corruption and mistreatment of women by football associations. Right then, that's a. Uh, that is a, a very large cut, and I and I and I quite like it. I think it. that, like, that covers that covers my two most picked cuts. I think this year, which yeah. was Birmingham City and the, the two gears that just grind every single time for you. That's the two yeah, you're yeah. kind of picking there. Yeah, um, not quite on the same vein, but I'm also going for something equally as um uh as sort as irritating in that sense. Uh, and I'm surprised none of us gone gone for it already. I'm going for the European Super League. Um, that's I don't dead. Want... That's dead, Jonathan. We can't flog a dead horse, you know. No, like dead, yeah. that's it's already dead. dead. It's completely no, dead. It's, it's absolutely no. dead. It's so dead. The European <laughs> like... Super League is going to live forever as the worst <sighs> idea in football since the fucking like since VAR. Like it's it's just up there. Like it, like honestly, when you when we look back at this, if we're doing Premier League years in a couple of years' time, there will be an entire just section on how fucking stupid this idea was. And the hilarious thing about it is that it really isn't that um, dumb a premise if you're Barcelona, Real, and Juve when you literally have no money. So the only way to deal with the fact that you are like you are in arrears up to the point where the new camp could be repossessed by the fucking Spanish government to, OK, let's just make a hyper competitive league amongst 12 people so we can all save ourselves from financial oblivion because we're all in denial about how fuck we made our clubs. Like it's, mm-hmm. it was such a remarkably delusional project and it just showed in the end how like literally nobody in charge of football is competent everyone's bad in their own single way. Like we'll give credit to like FSG for their great like, transfer deals and so forth. And whatever compliments you'll give to Daniel Levy over the stadium and, and stuff like that. But in the end, like these guys are just all in a shared cloud of delusion, you know, like they just live on such a strange, like cloud above everyone else, above all this common sense. Then when something, this kind of like this real kind of like pie in the sky idea comes and meets us, the common people, we can say, right, we don't need the college degrees to say that's a fucking stupid idea. And it's taken them so long to try and actually grasp with the fact that it's going to fall, to fail. So much so that, like, Barca, Real and Juve want to, like, fall on their swords here. And they might lose out in the Champions League altogether. And to be that, like, painfully, like, delusional about this is 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 quite something. Um and again, it, it, expo- it exposed a lot of clubs for being kind of money spinners and, and feel like, oh, we have to be in the big game or else we don't could, we don't exist without not like forgetting the hundreds of years of history amongst them 
uh, not Spurs, obviously, and not Man City. But the but even then, for those teams that think they're the big time, big teams, and now after this very recent patch of history where they're in charge, take it, dragging these clubs, kicking and screaming into something that the fans don't want to be in. Like for the two weeks that was in it, those were two incredible weeks of television, let alone football, where all of this was breaking. The players had no knowledge, the fans had no knowledge. Like everything was a disaster. Um, and I loved every single second of it. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Like it, it's one of those things. It that, was like, all about the content, which is all about what the Super League wants to be. Is just doesn't want to have a, yeah, you know, a say in the footballing world. It just wants to have content. Isn't that? Isn't there something really ironic TikToks. about that? Yeah, like they, they, this is what they were chasing. They were chasing headlines. They were chasing. Um, news they were chasing fucking like viral posts and like oh did you see this goal for Mbappe against Real Madrid ah oh, this is the fourth time they played this season uh, and it's like the fact that it's caused so much anti-hype is somewhat really poetic in my opinion that it's like it's become such a bad idea now that it may never happen again no matter how many times Florentino Perez tries to flog this horse or whoever's in charge of Barca or the Agnelli family like it's never going to happen now because they fucked it so bad, and there's something really beautiful about that. Um, share with the Champions League because that's just about the same, but at least the Super League is dead. That's the main thing, <laughs> we killed that one off at least, so that's something. And just the, che- um, the general cheek of Spurs, just to think they're okay with that. I think they were invited, <laughs> like who let them in for fuck's sake? Honestly, who let them in? Um, who brought so, yeah. Levy? <laughs> He was hosting. Who told he was him going where like, we were oh, you know, have it in my house. Come on, come on. I have a little cheese. Yeah. Who, keep, who keeps inviting Buzz Killington to these things? <laughs> <laughs> Needed to the mellow when he woke up that morning. Um, so, so yeah, those are our cards, guys. We have a choice of all misogynistic football associations. We have a choice of Tottenham. Or we have a choice of the European Super League. So, guys, deliberate. What do you want as your card for this season? Well, as a misogynist, I can't really go for misogyny. Uh... <laughs> yeah. That rules me out as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you should have realised you're, you're feeling. Read the room, uh... read the room, man. When's the men's World Cup? Lads, 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 lads. My card of the season is men. Um... <laughs> here, <Concept>. here. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll go with the, the the whole Birmingham City thing. I'm gonna don't get me wrong; it's provided we meet a numerous amounts of laughs, but I can only imagine what you're going through on the inside, Jesus, like yeah. if you're actually Fair. part of that. To even survive it, yeah. like fucking, like um, yeah. I, I'm just because they were they were like a cod, but in the best way possible because they just outcodded us yes. as a team. They were the Real to our Barcelona. They were the Barcelona to our Real. Yeah, I guess so. Like, um, like definitely when I when I look back at the season, I'm thinking like, oh, Spurs just had just thought the Spurs thought they had it, didn't they? They had like second season Jose. They had Bale back, Kane in form, Sons back, and all this sort of stuff. And no, fairness, like, like, they were top of the, they were top of the league come Christmas, were. weren't they? Oh yeah. No, this is the thing. They had that glimmer. They had that opportunity. They were top for three weeks. And thought, oh, this is it. We, we're here. We're going to win the league. And then, boom, 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 boom. It's like it's like they had they had got to the point of like, oh, we're at the top of the stairs, and then they literally launched headfirst down the stairs. 
Like it was <laughs> fantastic. Um, no, no, that slope, that slope can be earmarked. It can be just labeled reality. Yes, exactly. Uh, <laughs> that's when that's when reality woke up from her, like you know, eternal slumber. <laughs> heavy lunch, heavy lunch, mid afternoon nap. Going fucking hell! I'm never going for a fucking subway at this time. Uh, wait, what Spurs are? Oh, fuck this! Now I gotta put a. <laughs> Just cut the string, cut the strings off that fucking mannequin. Exactly. So um, so yeah, I I I am the deciding vote here. So I am gonna go for Spurs. Um, I don't think it's any, I don't I don't think it'll come as a surprise in a sense because we have been slagging them off to no end this season. They put their eggs in the in the Canaan song basket. It worked for some time, but then you realise, oh, you need more players than that to survive a league season, particularly when you're going deep into the Europa League. And then you get sparked out by Slavia Prague. And then you sack your manager a week before a cup final when you could have actually won the cup, you know? And again, the hilarity is like they were, they think they thought of ditching Jose Mourinho to try and go for, okay, we're going to try, try something else to go for Champions League to finish in whatever position we have. Then they don't get the Europa League. They didn't win the cup. They didn't get Champions League. They got the Conference League. And that's the bet they but laid. But they in bet the Leicester. They beat they Leicester, yeah. Yeah, well, although Leicester beat themselves to be honest with yes. you let's face yeah. it when, when Kasper Schmeichel is punching the ball into his own net yeah. um, you know Stephen Cluxton style um, <laughs> <laughs> let's, um, let's yeah. fucking do it like but um, yeah like, I, I think the whole thing I, I definitely believe the whole thing about Zach and Jose is that they were afraid that if he won a trophy like getting rid of them They'd would never get rid of them, yeah. Like, can you imagine what the payout? I mean, like if it if it costs thirty million to get rid of the cunt, can you imagine what it would have cost to get rid of him plus the trophy bonus? Oh get yeah, like I say his cup bonus. I like say that, fifteen million or something. It's like oh, oh no. I say that trophy bonus. I say that trophy bonus was eight figures easy. Mm. Eight figures before you hit that decimal point, baby. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So, yeah. So, there you have it, folks. Uh, again, not really surprised to anyone listening, but uh, Spurs are our cod of the season. And long may it continue, lads. Literally, as we were yeah. talking about it, the one guy you were chasing for your manager role, he's said no. So, like, back to the drawing board, guys. I know, maybe Nuno might take it. Who knows? Maybe you might not want the Palace job after all. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> with that being said, guys, um, that is it. For the liquid football podcast uh so uh on behalf of all three of us here thank you very much for listening over the season if you have we greatly appreciate your custom and uh and more of the same for the for the season ahead we might dip in and out of the euros uh over the summer to let you know how that's doing our thoughts on it because the men's uh, euros uh, oh is it, is it the men's euros oh <laughs> results <laughs> yes lads <laughs> no fucking time bitches no time to be honest like honestly like it's just it's been too long um, but nevertheless, so we, we will dip in and out to see how the Euros are getting on because it's a month-long tournament and could kill somebody. You never know. Um, but with that in mind, guys... With any luck. Yeah. With any luck. <laughs> Just there like Mr. Burns going, have Jude Bellingham killed. Um, so, <laughs> uh, with, with that in mind, guys, we'll see you then for the Euros. We'll be back um, about a weekend to see how everyone's doing the group stages. Uh, but until then... Uh, please follow us on uh, at uh, Monday Madness LP on our Twitter to keep on track with everything that we're doing. Uh, if you want to uh, subscribe for all of our hot gaming content, you can do that at Monday on Monday Madness on YouTube. Please do. We're currently surrounded by Indian sex pests, and we love to change that. Uh, and if you just enjoy our podcasts, 
um, you can uh, simply follow us on Spotify because, again, we will be keeping this podcast on over the Euros. But for now, guys, uh, Neil Burkbot, thank you very much um, for your company over the season. Some great banter, uh, as all the same. Uh, living in this like self-loathing for a year <laughs> of football where we neither of us have been happy, but we've had fun giving out about it. So that's something at least. Um, but until yeah. then, guys, we'll see you next season because all of that was liquid football. <laughs>